What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, and back in the third co-host seat, we have Andrew Shuffler, as well as Jack Manis. We're here, folks. Football season is right on the cusp. We are three weeks away from the first NFL Sunday, but the kickoff game is in a mere 18 days. I believe. So it is right around the corner. And you know what that means. Every single year, we do an extensive preview. Today, we're previewing the AFC because last year we did a marathon of an NFL preview, and that was four hours. We don't want to do that again. And I just think splitting it up makes for a better, more digestible listen. So how are you guys feeling? Football's here. I mean, I just look forward to this time every single every single year. Like when we get to these NFL preview shows, it just shows that we're just right there. Agreed. Yeah, I'm pumped. How many days do you do we know the amount of days? Well, I just said I said said eighteen till the kick, eighteen till the kickoff, twenty one days till the first NFL Sunday, Mm -hmm. and right around this time we'll be. Watching the Cowboys and the Giants kick off the first Sunday night football matchup of the year. Mm. So, three weeks' time. All right. Well, this is going to be a long one. Even <laughs> though we're just doing one conference, it's still going to be a long episode. Oh, yeah. So, I, I think we should just get started here. Uh, is there any division you guys want to talk about first? I don't really have a preference. No. You do, you, man. Following your lead here, I'm ready. Let's start with the West. How about we start with the Chiefs because they won the Super Bowl? I like that. Okay, that's fair. The AFC West, we can start with the Kansas City Chiefs, as Jack just mentioned. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl last year. They had the MVP on their team, and Patrick Mahomes. Was that the first time, I believe, right, that the MVP actually did win the Super Bowl? If it's not the first time, it's the first time in a while. I know that. Yeah, you guys know that? I'm not 100% sure. Probably first time in a while, though. That sounds right. I'll check. We will go in uh, like the order of last year's standings. We'll talk about those teams first. Got it. Uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs were the number one seed. Best record in the AFC. Tied for the Eagles for the best record in the league at 14-3. and three. They had a 120 
seven point differential, which I'm looking here, looks like it is. Eh, that's that's not the the Bills had more, I believe, and 49ers. Okay, there's a few teams, but still, obviously, very very strong year for Kansas City. Not much went wrong for them. And I mean, I'm not quite sure how we did this last year. Are we going to say the records, and then we're going to like say our justification for that, or should we just yes. kind of? Okay, we'll start records, and then we explain. Okay. So who wants to start? What what do you guys have the Chiefs going in 2023? I think we all have the same. Really? Start, start us off, Jack. We'll go Jack, Shreff, then me. Actually, start. I... Okay. Uh, I have a 15 and 2. Whoa. Okay. But now I don't... I I think you guys will have them at 14 wins. I have them, I have them at 13 and 4. Okay. I also have 13 and 4. Okay. That's more reasonable. I mean, we, I don't know who said in the beginning. I don't think we did that. We did the, um, what's the website called? Playoff NFL predictor. Playoff predictor, yep. Yeah. And uh, so we picked every game. And sometimes when I do that, or I, maybe when you guys do it too, uh, like it, it comes out like not what you would think. I didn't well, intend yeah, to have too, but. Sorry to I, cut you off, but I don't know how you did it, but you can click on each team individually and go their game by yeah, game. Yeah, told me that before we started I was going. It to him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to do it week by week. And then that kind of, like you said, can skew one way or the other that you weren't exactly looking for. But Right, yeah. So, okay. What, what, Jack, you can go ahead and if you want to say anything um, in regards to Kansas City, and then we'll just go around the table. Um. I don't think there's honestly too much to say about the Chiefs. Um, like they're gonna win the division. It'd be a very hot take to say they're not gonna win the division. Um, the diff- only difference, like the biggest difference, as just looking at their offense, I guess, is losing Juju. So it's just like another year of losing their, I guess, best wide receiver. I mean, Juju's not Tyreek, but they went from Tyreek to Juju. They were fine. Um, I don't know, like. He Juju was reliable. He had 900 yards, I believe. Um, he's a reliable target on the field like, when he plays, and uh, like they're gonna have to fill that void with presumably Kadarius Tony, which he can't stay on the field. Like he's already been hurt, I think, twice throughout offseason slash training camp. So I guess that's a cause for concern. Um, there's really not. I mean, outside of Kelsey, there's not really a reliable. Guy, if I had to pick one out of this group, and you can pick quite a few, I'd probably say Sky Moore. What do you got? What wide receiver would you guys go with? When you say go with, do you mean drafting in fantasy? Do you mean who are we going to go with in terms of taking the the step up and replacing Juju's production? Juju role being being Mahomes' favorite target at the wide receiver position. There's two guys that come to my mind. I mean, you have like your. You have like your core guys of like Valdez, Scantling, Tony, and Sky. But then I, I mean, they drafted Rasheed Rice, the rookie who apparently has looked pretty good so far. And then the other guy that we thought we were going to see maybe last year that I think he got hurt towards the end of camp. But Justin Ross has apparently still looked like incredible. Like he's going to be on the roster. And, and the way that it looks, at least in training camp so far, he's getting snaps with the ones. So, I mean, I, it's one of those things where like having Mahomes mm-hmm. kind of makes it a, 
easier question because I like it, it's at it's at the point where I think he can elevate anyone. But those would be the top two that would come to my mind. Yeah, Justin Ross. He I feel like he's got a lot of hype, um, but he's had injury history mm-hmm. the past couple years, and he was already injured. I mean, he's back, but like he was injured for I think a few days. Like I don't know, I'm I'm a little worried about him still, but he is really good. Mm-hmm. If he's if he's if he's available. Uh, Mitchell, what do you who do you think? I I think it's going to either be Sky Moore or Valdez Scantling. I think Scantling. I mean, they're different types of receivers for sure. Scantling's not going to. He's not the polished route runner. He's more. He could put up more long touchdowns. I'd say. I, I think it's ultimately going to be Sky Moore. People had high hopes for him last year, and obviously it didn't really pan out um, until he I mean, had a good, decent game in the Super Bowl, scored a touchdown. So I, I'm going to go with Sky Moore if I had a pick there. Um, do you uh, do you have any? I, I knew I know we could talk forever about each of these teams. So I do want to keep it moving in some regard. I want to get ahead of it in certain terms of. Uh, yeah, making sure we're on schedule. So, do you have anything else to say regarding Kansas City, or we can move on to no. what Treff has to say? You can hear the Treff. Yeah, perfect. Um, I'll I'll touch on some of the other stuff, but the one main thing I believe it was Orlando Brown that they lost, correct? Replaced uh, with Juwan Taylor, and yeah, replaced with Juwan Taylor. So, I think the hope pretty is much. that that's pretty much just like a one for one swap, just about. Um, besides that, the O line is very serviceable, if not good. Creed Humphrey is one of the best centers in football, but I mean, Mahomes has always also been fantastic at just evading pressure in the first place. So it, it's one of those things where I I don't really have any concerns about him staying upright. So, but then you flip to the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I I like this defense a lot too. Like they're like I know Mahomes is obviously Mahomes and Kelsey are going to get all the praise, but this is a very well-rounded defense. Like Chris Jones is an absolute beast up the middle. This whole defense kind of works around him. Um, you have a pretty fun young uh, edge rusher duo with Karloftis and then uh, Felix Anudike Uzama now, who I believe was their first round pick this past year. Um, so they're they're trying to build a little bit of a nastier front line, which I I like for them. Um, the linebacker duo of Willie Gay and Nick Bolton was tremendous last year. Um, Drew Tranquil there as well. So a, a good linebacker core that should pick right back up where they left off. And then I believe last year Trent McDuffie was hurt for a, a little bit of time, but uh, he came back towards the end of the year, and you obviously saw where that led them in terms of winning a Super Bowl. But uh, it's a pretty solid secondary. Um, McDuffie's going to have to kind of really step up as their num- as their true number one guy, which I think he certainly can. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, this, it's one of those things where you have Andy Reid, you have Patrick Mahomes. Like, their their floor is so high. And, I mean, who knows? Like, the I mean, 15-2, and two, I know Mitchell and I were, like, a little surprised by that, but it very much in the realm of possibilities with a team like this. So I, I think they're just going to keep doing what they've been doing. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get any qualms from me. We're all in the same ballpark of 13 to 15 wins. That should be good for, and we'll find out, you know, once we get through all these AFC teams where we have them in the seating, I'm sure Jack will have one. There's no way that you go 15 and two and not have them at the one seed. But you mentioned Chris Jones. I, there is a contract situation there that is yet to be resolved. Um, so that's a little bit in flux. But assuming he can come back and on a deal that he's happy with and the Chiefs are happy with, he's going to continue being a, a top five defensive player in the league. Mm-hmm. We mentioned the offensive line. PFF has them ranked third. Uh, and I think rightfully so. I mean, 
they're pretty solid across the board, all five. Yeah. Creed Humphrey didn't allow a sack all season last year. Uh, had one of the highest pass blocking grades by BFF. So offensive line, you know, it doesn't really, I mean, obviously Mahomes and Kelsey get all the notoriety, but the, the, that offensive line is really solid as well. And yeah, in terms of the receivers, I mean, we're, I don't know if any of us in particular were super concerned about losing Tyreek Hill, maybe a little bit, but if they can downgrade from him, I think yeah. they're going to be just fine. And I just think it's funny how all of us, I don't know about all of us. I think I, I had the chiefs winning the division still, but mm-hmm. someone, I think not just us, but there are some people that had the chiefs really taken a downturn last year and yeah. proved everyone wrong. Yeah. That, I don't think that'll be happening for a while now. I think everyone gets the idea. Right. I don't think we mentioned losing the enemy and also oh, losing yeah. Frank Clark. Yeah. That's but, true. So, that's so those where, are kind of, I guess, their biggest losses. Yeah, and that's where Zuma comes in. And then, I mean, if anything else, I guess we're like we're gonna find out in in two different places, both Kansas City and in Washington, how much of a factor the enemy actually was uh, for this Kansas City offense. So it'll be it'll be interesting. But I think in this case, Mahomes trumps overall uh, any loss that they could have. So I, I think they'll be okay. Right. All right, so we're going to move on to the second place team from last year, the Los Angeles Chargers. They went 10 and 7 last year, got a wild card berth, but they, in very embarrassing fac- fashion, lost to the Jaguars in the wild card round after blowing a 27 to 7 halftime lead. And yeah, so a lot of questions going into the 2023 season for Los Angeles. It seems like if Brandon Staley can't make any sizable improvements, then he could potentially be out the door. So that is a interesting situation to monitor. And I, we, I think Jack went first last time. So we'll shreff me then, then Jack, where we have the Chargers this season. Uh, I'm starting. I have them at 10 and 7 this year. So right back to the well on 10 and 7. Okay. I have the Chargers at nine and eight. I have 10 and seven. There we go. Okay. So right around the same, I'm slightly lower than these two, uh, but Treff, you can have the first word on the Chargers. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of touch on their offense a little bit because I think that's where things are going to get really interesting. I think we were all like both like us and I think just the entire football world was very frustrated with how Justin Herbert, uh, has been getting used the last few years. Um, I think kind of the overwhelming belief is that no one has really allowed him to maybe unlock like the full extent of that arm potential that he has. Um, so you bring in Kellen Moore, that's kind of the entire expectation is that they're going to let him air it out a little bit more, um, hopefully stretch the field. So that that's kind of the, I mean, that that's going to be the main thing for all of this. I think also just in this AFC, like the, I mean, based on where we have them, I'm assuming that means that these guys are going to be kind of like, They'll be kind of fighting for those wild card spots. This is going to be an absolute like fight in this conference for those like for those three spots. Or I feel like a lot of teams that can you can kind of make a case for. Um, the Chargers I do think are kind of towards the top of that case. I think Herbert Herbert inks the huge deal, um, and he's locked in there for life. So they got to you know keep building around him. Um, Keenan Allen comes back. We'll see if he can stay healthy the whole year. That's kind of been the big issue for this receiving core uh, pretty much since forever. 
is that either both of them or one of them just can't seem to stay healthy at the same time. So you bring in Quentin Johnson to add a little Quentin Johnston, my bad, to add a little bit more depth to him. Um, not my favorite prospect coming out. I think kind of raw, definitely betting on more the the athletic upside for him. But I mean, if there's ever a guy to learn from, Mike Williams would probably be a good one for him, considering the the frames are pretty similar. Um, so I mean, high powered offense. We had the whole Austin Eckler weird things happening with contract disputes and trade requests and things of that nature. But I haven't heard anything as of late, so it seems like he's just kind of he's just running it back. So I mean, still a top at least top ten, top five running back in football. So can be a high powered offense, and the O line I think looks pretty solid as of now. Rayshon Slater quickly becoming a, a top tackle in the league. Uh, I think he's only like 24 still, something like that. Um, still have Corey Lindsley, Zion Johnson. It, it's still a good O-line. So I'm sure you guys can talk about the defense a little bit, but the offense is exciting, I think. And it, But I also think that, I mean, it, that's what's going to make or break him this year. Because especially in the AFC, where it's such a quarterback-driven conference, I think Herbert's going to have to really take that next leap for me to bump him up a little bit higher at, off of 10 and 7. Yeah, a lot a lot of what you said makes sense. I, I don't necessarily disagree too much. I mean, I, I have them one game lower, so it's not really a big difference. Ninth ranked PFF offensive line. Rashawn Slater uh, barely played last year. I think he only played about two or three games. Mm-hmm. But he still looked really good when he did play. So getting him back is going to be, you know, a very big blessing for Los Angeles. And I mean, on paper, this team looks really good. The only reason why I have them at nine and eight is just there seems to be something about this team, and it's not really quant, not really quantifiable. And I don't really have like a very good reason to have them at nine and eight. But again, there's a lot of good teams in the AFC, and there's just something about them. I don't know if it's a Brandon Staley problem or, I mean, it's hard to say anything bad about Justin Herbert. He's a phenomenal player. But does he have that it factor that we're like looking for to take them further into the playoffs? So that's one thing. And I just until they can turn, they change that narrative. I can't have them. I don't feel comfortable doing that. There are teams that I have similar record to them, which we'll get to later on in the show that have no business having the same record as them. But there's just something that I can't quantify, like I said. And I can't justify having him any further up a better record. So that's my two cents on them. But Jack, you can go ahead and um, if you have anything else to add. Um, I agree with you, Mitchell. There's just some teams and it doesn't sound intelligent to say that they just like but it's are true. cursed. Chargers are kind of cursed. I mean, they ha- they're good on paper like every year, but they just can't put it together. Um. The defensively, I, I don't think we talk about the defense that much yet, but uh, I feel like they could have improved against the run. Uh, they bring in Eric Kendricks, Jeopardy question, um, should presumably help. Their front three, like their the defensive line, like up the middle, doesn't impress me. Uh, consists of Morgan Fox, don't know who that is. Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, don't know who that is either. Um, so that could still be an area of weakness for them again. The secondary is still good, led by Derwin James. And JC Jackson had a down year, if I'm not mistaken. Last year. I don't think he played last year. Yeah, I think he missed some time. But, I mean, Asante no, Samuel last Jr. Year? stepped up pretty well. 
I'm pretty it, certain he missed the entire season. I thought I'll he check. had some time, but and like just didn't play well. Or maybe he just uh yeah, I don't remember. But um I guess like five, the, five games. Five okay. games. Um I mean he was coming off like an eleven pick season in New England, so that's tough to follow up. Um so I don't know, maybe maybe they're just not they're not as good on paper as we think they are. Because they do have some big names like Derwin James, Joey Bosa, and Khalil Mack. But I don't think Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack are like as big of a names as what we think. Um I didn't mention Kenneth Murray. I mean they're middle middle linebackers. Eric Kendrick, Kenneth Murray, that's very good. Um but, you know, I, don't know, I don't know, but all everything leads back to them being a little cursed. I still have them at ten wins. Ten and seven is good, but um I'll reveal I'll tease now uh how things shook out. That doesn't play us. Yeah, nine and eight's not enough for me either to have them in the playoffs. So I also have them out. You don't have to answer that, Shreff, if you have them in or out. Only if you I want mean, to. Uh, they're, well, I'll just say they're teetering. Okay. All right. That's all I'll say. All right. We'll move on here to the third place team from last year, the Las Vegas Raiders, 6-11. and 11. They had high hopes going into the year, bringing in Chandler Jones last year. You know, Derek Carr got benched, something I didn't foresee happening at the beginning of last season. Uh, again, it's tough division. And I think you guys, if you recall from our Bold Takes episode, uh, you may have an inkling of where I have them. Mm-hmm. But, oh, and I'm the first, actually. So, oh, there go. don't know if Jack was present when I shared this take because he kind of came in and out of that episode. Yeah, I don't think he was. But I have the Raiders at thir- 3 and 14. I think they're going to be really bad. I have them there, too. 3 and 14. I have them at 4 and 13. Whoa. <laughs> okay, I, I thought I was gonna be like way. I think you guys, I mean, I'm not way off, but I thought maybe you guys would have them at six or seven wins. No, but I think they're gonna be bad. Uh, bad I have the first first word here: the average to below average offensive line. PFF has them ranked 19th. This I think if they were to be three and 14, I think Jimmy Garoppolo would maybe have to miss some time. I could foresee. I don't want to predict anything. Yeah, could, I don't. Seems likely, predict, honestly. Yeah, I don't want to predict injuries, but he does have some some trouble staying on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of Devontae Adams, their receiving core is really bad. No more Darren Waller, too. I know he kind of struggled last season, but still, that's that's a weapon out there that they could have had. Defense isn't very good either. I mean, they had Max Crosby Chandler Jones last year, and their defense still wasn't great. Uh, they're bringing Marcus Peters, Robert Spillane. So Harry there's Wilson. some name. Uh, what was that? Yeah, Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson as well. I, I mean, I think he's a guy that could take some time to kind of settle into the NFL. Um, he's still a little bit raw. Obviously has the 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 body to succeed. He's like, what, 6'7", probably 270 pounds or something like that. So he's gigantic and he could develop eventually. But I I would temper expectations right out of the gate. I just, and this is also indictment on Josh McDaniels. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's a bottom five coach in the league. Uh, I mean, he just doesn't have it, in my opinion. I don't like him. I don't like his personality. I mean, that doesn't always equate to how good of a coach you are, but I think he's a bad personality and he's a bad coach. So, mm-hmm. double trouble. 
<laughs> Double trouble, yes. So this team's kind of directionless, in my opinion. I mean, I really would have tried to make have put forth a better effort to get one of the rookie quarterbacks or Jimmy Garoppolo just seems kind of like a I won't even say lateral move. He's I mean either lateral move or a slight downgrade even from Derek Carr. So I mean I don't I don't really see where this team's going. Josh Jacobs still unhappy with his contract. So like is he around? What's the latest on him? Do we know? I don't know. Yeah, I have zero clue. There's been more reports on Jonathan Taylor, so I can be kind of keeping up with that more, especially because he's on my dynasty team. But yeah, that's a, that's a. I feel like it's almost a lock that he's not a Raider next year, and who knows? This year could be a little finicky as well. So I just don't know how to like. I think this team lacks direction until they they need to re they need to blow it up even more. They got to get they got to like trade Chandler Jones if they can. Trade Devontae Adams if they can. Yeah, I like just they, think, they have pieces to move. Even I mean, maybe even Max Crosby. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Gonna, I wouldn't get rid of Crosby. Of, uh, I think he's still young enough, but yeah, still twenty six. Still, they. I was gonna say they. They remind me of almost like the Rams of the AFC right now because you have like these like like big time big time players and they're just mixed in with a bunch of not good players at all. Yeah. And it's, it, it's a sad sight, and uh, Mitchell, just to piggyback off of you, like for me, it, this is more coming from a Josh McDaniels place than it is a team as a whole place. Like, I mean, this roster clearly isn't talented, but you do have some pieces there. But I, there's zero faith in Josh McDaniels to somehow turn the ship around to make them like a decently competitive team. Like the offense, I think is like, I don't know. Like, I I know that Jimmy Garoppolo like somehow finds himself in these positions where he's like playing for. Super Bowls and NFC Championships, but I, I don't think I don't think it's going to go that way in this conference facing up against uh, this many like very talented quarterbacks. So I, I don't know. I think this offense could have moments of looking pretty good, like not even pretty good, just half decent. But I don't think their defense is going to be able to keep up with any of these teams. I think they're going to get boat raced like a ton this season. Yeah, to close things up, and I don't need to repeat everything you guys said because I do agree defensively. I'm looking at their depth chart here. They're, they have Jerry Tillery slot in as the starting defensive tackle. These are just guys like I know. Like he's a Notre Dame guy, and he struggled to catch on in L.A., the Chargers, um, former first-round pick. They already have Robert Spillane slot in as a starter, which like, he was good at times for Pittsburgh, but uh I don't know, undrafted free agent a couple years ago and just he shouldn't I feel like he shouldn't be a surefire starter on a team. Um I see they have a fourth round rookie are already slotted as their starting corner. Uh it's just it's it's not looking good. Like other than the, the big names they have on defense with Max Crosby and I mean is Chandler Jones like he's old, like he's he's past his peak. How old is he? I'm looking now. Yeah, I mean I I feel like I feel like thirty three the Raiders are probably hoping that Tyree Wilson can maybe eat into some of his snaps, I would assume, at this point. Yeah. Exactly. Are we ready to move on to the Broncos? Yeah, yep. the Raiders stink. I don't want to spend much time on them. <laughs> not Denver Broncos, a team that garnered a lot of attention last year, clearly from the expectations they had when they brought in Russell Wilson. Everyone thought... Okay, this team could challenge the Chiefs for the division crown, and pretty much everything that could have went wrong went wrong. This team was five and twelve last year. The offense was putrid. I'm just glancing over the 
yeah, they lit the second worst offense points per game. Mm-hmm. The Rams score were the only team that scored less. I think that's crazy because they just won Super Bowl. They Wait a fired. minute! No, 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 no! Sorry, they are definitely the worst. <laughs> yes, sorry. Yeah, they are. They scored two hundred two hundred eighty-seven points last year. I don't I, know what I, that equates to points us, per game, but I feel like all of us profited off of Broncos unders last year, if I remember correctly. I feel like we were all throwing that at the board. That's sixteen point eight eight points per game. Yeah, that is absolutely brutal. So I'm very interested to see if you guys are buying into. Will this ship get turned around? Will they improve? How much will they improve if they do? Let's start with Jack, Shreff, and then me. I'm at five and twelve. I'm at six and eleven. I'm at seven and ten. So we, I, yeah. it sounds like none of us are. I bought. I bought it last year. I could. I, I couldn't do it this year. I can't do it. I will say, like five. If I did it the way you guys did, five and twelve is a little harsh. Like I would think they'd be six, possibly seven. But I, I'm. I'd be comfortable saying six and eleven. Well, go ahead. You have first word if you'd like it. Um, I had this take on Dun and Drew, and I'll repeat it here. I feel like with this uh, Sean Payton experiment here, it's similar to uh, Urban Meyer, the Urban Meyer experiment in Jacksonville. Um, two coaches that have have had success, uh, in the past. Um, years ago, uh, kind of left their past jobs mysteriously. Could be a word to describe it. Urban Meyer citing health issues. Sean Payton just kind of leaving. Uh, both took a year off at Fox as an analyst. Then join a, uh, a struggling team and uh, create controversy right away. And kind of assert themselves as a authoritative figure, a little unnecessarily, and a little too extreme, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. Also, both have had scandals in the past. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like it's a. There's a lot of similarities here. Um. And he's not inheriting inheriting a a good. I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll look at their defense, and we, I feel like I said this before on an episode, maybe in the offseason, post draft, possibly, but the front, the front seven isn't, doesn't excite me. Um, since then, they brought in Frank Clark, which that's fine, I guess, but it's still like he's the best, best name I see here by far. Um, and then, I mean, the secondary, is good. The Pat Sertain is arguably the best corner in football. Justin Simmons is a top safety. Um, other than those names, though, it's like not it's not that impressive on the defensive side. Even though the defense was good last year, um, I don't know. I don't have much faith in them on paper. Offensively, and they bring in Mike McGlinchey. That's really the only new name I see on offense. I think uh, Ben Powers wasn't there last year. Oh, I see that too. Okay, got him from I mean, Baltimore. I'm pretty sure. Right, Baltimore. Those are both like, I'd say decent. Yeah. 
decent additions. Not enough. Yeah. Um, and the wide receiver group, I'll end with this. Always, uh, I feel like there's always like some hype around it because there's some names like Jerry Judy, who was a first round pick, top ten pick. Cortland Sutton had successes like second year, I believe. Um, Marvin Mims, the second round pick they added this year. So like prospect wise, in quotes, like they are good, but it hasn't materialized the past couple of years. And granted, they haven't been able to stay on the field. Yeah, I, I heard that like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and KJ Hamler what like that was supposed to be kind of like their core like two years ago ish. And all four of them has never completed a game together. <laughs> Jeez. That's, great. That's not great. Yeah. Or maybe they've had like one full game together, but they either never completed or like that's just like it's not great. Lot lack of continuity. I'll kick it to you guys to cap off to if you want to speak on like Russ or anything. I can go. Uh yeah, I I bought into him last year. Um more from a Russ perspective than anything. I really thought he was gonna step in there last year and kinda like take that team in general to different heights and the the opposite of that happened. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just, it, the, the vibes I'm getting from Sean Payton aren't, aren't the vibes that I, that I'd want to get if I'm a Broncos fan right now. Like you just, I don't know. It's coming off weird already. Like they was Russell Wilson playing in the, in the third quarter of their preseason game. I don't know. Oh, he he played, I think he played like the entire first half and might've been playing like into the third quarter and like not looking great. So, like, that's already, like, right off the bat, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, I love Javante Williams, but, I mean, no matter what, coming back from an injury like that, like, he's already played and, like, said he feels good, but I'm still, you know, a little iffy on that. Um, yeah, the wide receivers, the, like, you, you look at them, you look at them, like, you read them, and you're like, oh, that looks pretty good. But then you actually watch it in action, and you're like, there's not, it doesn't feel like there's much there. Um and yeah, uh, I agree with you on defense too, Jack. Like you, you bring in Frank Clark and Zach Allen, but they don't. You don't have anyone in that front seven that's like, that's like a feared defender. Really, it's like yeah, they, they got some names, but there's no one that like. I don't think there's anyone there that a team has to like game plan extra for to like right. go in and stop that. And then obviously, like you have Pat Sertain, but there's only so much that a corner can do if if the rest of the defense isn't going to help him out, but. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's one of those situations also where it doesn't help that they're in the same division as the Chiefs, and I think the Chargers. Will, I think the Chargers are a much better team than them as well. But I think they're just going to keep getting beat up unless Russ somehow pulls off a miraculous like return to what he used to be. But I don't. I really don't see it happening, and I don't. the The faith in Sean Payton is quite low at the moment as well. Yeah, I, I want to talk more about Sean Payton and mm. uh, criticize him a little bit more because I think he deserves all of it. I love it. I I just don't get why everyone's assuming that he's the, some savior that's going to come in and fix everything. I just really don't understand that. I mean, yes, he won a Super Bowl. He was, you know, there were scandals, like you said, like Bounty Gate. And his time in, I guess people could say this about Mike Tomlin. I would argue them to to death about it but i think sean payton like underachieved for like his time i think he could like they could have 
done better. I don't know. They were. I, don't know I mean, that... I don't think that's a crazy take. They like I'm trying to like like the even like like the last years of Breeze's career, they were consistently like the one or the two seed, pretty much, weren't they in the NFC? I know, but the and yeah, and they made the NFC Championship game in no, 2018. I, but no, that's what I mean though. When like I'm I'm agreeing with you on that. That like they yeah like they they were like a top team in that conference for a while and didn't really don't have much to show for it. Right. So and, and on top of that, I mean, what Aaron Rodgers said in response to Sean Payton's comments about mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett, I thought were perfect. Yeah. And I'm not one to just. Like if if Aaron Rodgers says a lot of dumb things in my opinion, and like I I would not defend him if I didn't actually believe it, but I thought what he said was perfect. The way like you just don't do that. That's just so like unprofessional, and it really soured me. And I was already soured on Sean Payton, so I I'm I if I was a if our co- one of our coaches said something like that, I'd be embarrassed. I wouldn't I wouldn't like that. So. I, I just really don't like it at all. On top of that, I think Russell Wilson is absolutely cooked. I mean, there's just okay. I don't I, I I don't see this turning around for him. So I think we're witnessing we're right in the midst of the, his decline. So I, I just seven wins feels like the max to me. So that's where I'm at. I also want to throw in before we move uh, to the next game, but the whole comment about like the no bucket hats and like. Stuff like that. That's another thing that. Just, oh, that's like, so dumb. That's yeah. another thing that it's just, like that. Like you gotta like come on. Like what? What are we doing? <laughs> like these. Like these are grown men. Like like it's not. You're not running this like a like a college program and like having all like the come on like. Yes. Like, it, it's one of those things where like I I know it doesn't actually like matter much, but like it's just a bad the optics of this whole situation so far look not good. If it if it feels like histories are going to repeat itself, it means it probably is going to repeat itself. If it feels like the same thing as Urban Meyer, that Jack pointed out the similarities, I feel like it's probably because it is kind of the same thing. So I think we should trust our gut on this. And I, I'm really, I don't know. I really don't understand why people are like super high on the Broncos. That's the AFC West. It, we all had the same order, right? We all had. Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, I believe. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. We'll move on to the AFC. Where do you guys want to go? Jack picked the last one. Treff, you can pick the next one. Let's go. Let's go south. Okay. So we're moving I'm on sure. to the a- AFC South. Weird. Probably the worst division in the conference. It's an interesting one, though. It is interesting. Um, all have young quarterbacks. Titans have Ryan Tannehill still for the moment, but three of these teams have young quarterback. Two two rookie quarterbacks. Will Levis is in there too, so I guess we can count him. But it's definitely the worst division in the conference, arguably in football. I'd say maybe the NFC South could give them a run for their money. But we'll start with the division champion from last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were what to start the year. Three and six, two and six, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Uh, one of those. Well, both. If they were two and six, then probably three and six. So okay, let's start with Shreff, the Broncos. Me. Yes, they did in yes. London. I think that was like their low point at three and six. I could be wrong. 
We'll start with Streff, then myself, and then Jack for uh, our record predictions. I have the Jaguars at eleven and six. Okay, I have them at ten and seven. Also ten and seven. Okay. Okay. So Streff, you have the first word. Absolutely. Um, yeah, this is this is one of the teams that I'm high on. I know like eleven and six isn't like an insane record, and we were only one game off. But like, I keep coming back to it. Like in this conference, like. There's just going to be a lot of really good teams. So 11 and six is a great record in this conference, I would say. Um, I'm very excited for year two of Trevor and Doug Peterson. Um, I think Doug Peterson has shown uh, that, you know, getting one full year and the full off season leading into a second year can be very, very helpful for him and his quarterback. Uh, he, he did it with Carson Wentz. And if he could do it with Carson Wentz, looking at how the rest of his career went, I'd like to hope that he could do the same with Trevor Lawrence. Um, and yeah, this offense is just like very, very exciting. Um, you have Travis Etienne already, who really came on uh, in the second half of the year when they kind of gave him the the actual opportunity to do that. Um, but he's a little bit smaller, a little bit shiftier. So what do they do? They draft Tank Bigsby, um, who it already seems like it, it it's kind of setting up that this it, this is going to be like a pretty big like committee backfield. I think you're going to see Bigsby getting a lot of short yardage situations and maybe just a decent amount of snaps in general. Like he's, he's looked that good so far, apparently. Then at the receiver position, um, Christian Kirk was amazing last year, but I feel like the overall perception of him has always been like a really good wide receiver too. So they go out and they get Calvin Ridley. Um, from all reports has looked every bit as good as he was before the suspension for gambling. Um, so it seems like he's ready to go. And it, it I mean, it's a really good receiving core because Zay Jones really came on last year too. So the trio of those three uh, is looks pretty good, you know, assuming injuries don't happen. That's a really good trio to have. Evan Ingram uh, kind of revitalized his career a little last year, gets paid because of it. And you have to assume he's going to be a very big part of this offense uh, still. Um, offensive line, you have the the Cam Robinson uh, suspension. I forget, How many games is that? Is it six? Four. Four. Okay. So, I mean, not, not the end of the world, but, you know, not having him for four games still doesn't help. But they did draft Anton Harrison, so he's going to, I'm assuming, step right in and play tackle right away for them. But And then Walker Little's going to obviously step up uh, with uh, Juwan Taylor and Adler as well. Um, but, yeah, the offense is just exciting. I think Trevor's going to kind of explode this year. Uh, I think I might have said in our bold predictions that he might have been my, my dark horse MVP uh, selection. So... I'm high on him this year, but uh, if you guys want to keep going, I know the defense has some guys too, but I think the offense is kind of the thing that everyone's excited to see this year. Yeah, so I have him at 10 and 7. I, I think, in my opinion, it's still slightly hard to remove the stink of just like, oh, the same old Jaguars, right? Mm-hmm. Most recently in 2017, you have a team that was just a few plays away from the Super Bowl, you know, going to that AFC championship that year. Um, however, this time around, they have an actual superstar quarterback and a top 10 coach in the league. So you have that. They arguably play in the worst division in football, which I said. Trevor Lawrence, obviously, his progression from year one to year two was like astronomical, um, but not surprising considering the the prospect that he was and the player that he is. And Jeff mentions it as well, but you know, acquiring Calvin Ridley should take this progression even further. Um and you could argue that Ridley is 
he could have some rust for not playing. I mean, he missed almost two years, basically, yeah. of football. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Trev, all the reports are pretty encouraging. And I think, I think personally, he's going to reestablish himself and regain his status as like a top 12 to 15 receiver in the league, I'd say. I think it's impossible. Uh, the defense still kind of concerns me in a way, which I don't, yeah. that's a partial reason why I don't have them with more wins. I think against the the premier offenses in the league, they could struggle a little bit, uh, particularly on the defensive line, because they didn't address, they didn't really bring in anyone of note via free agency, and they also didn't draft anyone yeah. on the D line until round four of, of this past draft. So that wasn't, in my opinion, the wisest move. Uh, they only generated thirty five sacks last year, which was twenty sixth in the league. So that's not that's not going to cut it, in my opinion, and they're really going to need. The first overall pick from 2022 and Trayvon Walker to step up in his second year. Um, and Shref, you also mentioned the offensive line. I, I ultimately think that the brilliance of Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson yeah. will kind of overcome oh, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still breeds you know, reason for concern, though. You mentioned the Robinson suspension suspended for four games due to the uh, he violated the performance enhancing drug policy. They also lost Jawan Taylor to Kansas City. So that's something as well. Uh, they did draft Anton Harrison, which I think it was wise to invest in in the tackle position. But I think he's going to need to contribute immediately, um, or else it could result in a little bit of trouble. So that's my two cents on the Jags. But still a very good team. Lots of reasons to be optimistic, and uh, they should win the. If they don't win the division for the next like eight to ten years, then yeah, I think something true. went wrong at that point. So yeah, this seems like a natural progression for them at this point. But yeah. Uh, Anything to add, Jack? I won't. Yeah, I won't add too much. And you touched on it. I think the defense concerns me as it concerns you, and uh, their success on defense, and probably, well, it's their identity is offense, I guess. But their defensive success, I think, relies a lot on um, the improvement of Trayvon Walker, if he plays up to what a first overall pick should be. Um, When they drafted him, it wasn't. It was a little bit of developmental um, was the track he was on. Like he wasn't polished right away. Uh, and that showed, I mean, last year he showed some, some flashes with some splash plays, but um, more of that this year should be hoped for. Um, and the pass rush you said wasn't great. They didn't bring any, bring in anyone uh to improve that uh they got josh allen who i feel like we kind of know who he is at this point i mean he's i think he's good uh he generates a lot of qb pressures and hits but not necessarily gets home a lot which is fine uh but you need another guy to pair with him to get home and that hopefully for their sake is trayvon walker um so uh i guess that's that's what i have there but the defense as a whole kind of concerns me a little bit. But we'll see. The path is there, and you said the division's weak, so. Mm-hmm. Very well. We'll move on to last year's second-place team, the Tennessee Titans, who started off really well, ended the year with a 7-10 and record, though, really faded down the stretch. They were starting Josh Dobbs and Malik Willis there for a bit, so I guess it's understandable why they did slide. But 
I will go first. I'm going to go Jack, then Sharef. Uh, I have the Titans at nine and eight. Jack? I have them at 10 and seven as well, but I would have liked them at nine and eight. Okay. I, have, I have them at nine and eight. So. Okay. Yeah, this was a team that I initially had at eight and nine, and I think I had the Chargers at 10 and seven. But I just said to myself, I that that the, the Titans were one of the teams I I mentioned saying like this is a team that Chargers are more talented than them all around but I I feel like they'll have the same record essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um Mike Vrabel has proven to get the most out of rosters that really have no business finishing around near 500 or I mean he had them with the one seed 2 years ago or whatever that was. So and it's also no secret that this team is led by Derrick Henry. Uh, I mean, they're, they're going to go where he goes. So, I mean, after after missing nine games in 2021, I think a lot of people were quick to write him off and say, like, Father Time is right on your doorstep and he's going to have a very sharp decline. Uh, but he proved him wrong last year in 2022. Just a casual Derrick Henry season, 1,538 rush yards and 13 rush touchdowns. Yeah. So, yeah. and he also he also said a career high. That offensive line was was awful last year as well. Yes, and and PFF has has them ranked thirty second right now. So, I mean, they do draft Peter Skaronsky, so hopefully he yeah. could come in and and set the tone and improve them a little bit. But there's that. I mean, I think the arsenal of weapons that they have it's still not great, but I do think it's better than they've had over the past couple seasons. Ever since they lost well, AJ, the they lost AJ Brown last year, but still, it was pretty like bleak last year. Um, I think Hopkins, Hopkins still has it. I mean, from week seven to 15 last year, uh, which was post suspension and pre injury, he kind of missed the last, I think, two or three games because he was hurt. But he was wide receiver seven overall and half PPR fantasy scoring. So I think he still has it personally. I think he's going to have another solid production year or two. Uh, I'm not really high on. Traylon Burks, personally, I, I don't really think he has the separation skills or like the explosion to be like a real difference maker. But I don't know. The Titans have a lot invested in him, and it wouldn't like completely shock me if he was productive. Um, Jig Aquanu, encouraging rookie season. You know, for a tight end having 450 yards and three touchdowns as a rookie, that's that's solid, and you can really see that he has potential. Um, they have a really underrated defense as well, the Titans. Yeah. I don't know if you guys realize this, but they've had the number one rush defense the past two years in a row. Didn't they have the worst pass defense last year? They may have, but they... Jeffrey Simmons is an absolute beast. <laughs> yeah, they let up 83.5 yards per game on the ground in 2021 and only 76.9 in 2022. Uh, they also get Harold Landry back. He missed mm-hmm. all of last year with a torn ACL, but before that, in 2021, he had 12 sacks, 14 tackles for loss, 22 hits, and 75 tackles and made the Pro Bowl. So he was really starting to hit his stride. Hopefully the ACL doesn't like slow him down. I mean, it could, but if he's back to where he was, I mean, that's a that's a big person to get back in the lineup. So I don't know. I, if this team had won seven or eight games, it wouldn't shock me, but I think they can rally and get to nine and eight. Yeah. Like that. You want me to go? Sure. Sure. I'll go. 
Um, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I think Ryan Tannehill is kind of an underrated quarterback, I would say, in the grand scheme of the NFL. Um, I think when he's been healthy, um, he's had no problem kind of taking command of this Titans offense. Obviously, he's not asked to do as much um, as some quarterbacks are just because of the fact that you do have Derrick Henry. But I think we're going to see him kind of get to air it out a little bit more with Hopkins. Um, and also, as you said, uh, Okonkwo breaking out. Not really breaking out the way he did last year, but you, but you could see – you can see it's there, and hope is that he's going to get more involved. But uh, yeah, the offensive line is going to have to be better um, if they're going to kind of hope for a playoff spot or, or trying to sneak in somewhere. Skaronsky, I think, is going to be great. I think it's a, uh, it, it's one of those like I mean, we talked about it before the draft, and I don't see why it would change. But it's one of those things where you draft him, and you're pretty much guaranteeing yourself like an all pro caliber guard for as long as you want him there. Like he, the hope is that he'll kind of be able to transform this line a, a little bit. You bring in Andre Dillard as well. Um, we'll see what he brings. He was he didn't he never really caught on um, in Philly, but you know maybe with a team like this, it maybe gives him a fresh start. And I mean, he's a first round pick, so you have to think that the talent's there. So just the right scheme would maybe help. But yeah, the defense is kind of what what tips them over the edge for me in terms of kind of having them in that in that hunt for a playoff spot. Jeffrey Simmons is unreal, like you said. Harold Landry back, uh, very talented edge rusher. I think he'll. Kind of pick back up where he where he left off, but um, they signed a Aziz Al Shair from um San Fran as well, who was a great linebacker for them, um, because they lost David Long to Miami, I believe. So you bring him him to uh, bring in him to replace, um, and yeah, like this, uh, it's a, it's not like the most talented team, but I think they have is where they need to, and I think Mike Vrabel has proven himself as a like you said, a coach that's able to kind of work with whatever he's got. And I think on paper, this team looks better than they did last year. So I'd like to imagine that they can bump up that total a little bit. Uh, I agree with everything you guys said, really. Uh, the only, uh, I guess, pushback I'll, or I'll argue against the Titans because we both all have them at nine wins, pretty much. Um, I mean, we have a lot of blind faith in Vrabel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tannehill's a not like great, but like a kind of reliable guy. Um, they haven't operated under this bad of an offensive line yet, both of them. So, uh, that's the main reason of the concern. And I mean, you guys said it on paper. I don't think the defense is great, name wise, but Vrabel's just so good; doesn't matter. Um, and they bring in some new guys. I see Arden Key here. He was solid mm-hmm. on the Jags. Like they have a, the defense is fine, definitely. Um, and I still trust Hopkins. I don't know. It's I'm really interested to see how the Titans pan out this year. I don't think I think nine wins is probably the most confident I had confident prediction I have for them. Okay. For, uh, compared to the teams we've talked about so far. Right. All right, we'll move on to the Indianapolis Colts, who were 4-12-1 last year. They were kind of the laughing stock, to be honest, of the league, oh, yeah. I'd say. Um, but, Jack, you say it, and then we'll go straff than me for a record. Uh... Uh, this is harsh. I have them three and fourteen. Whoa. Uh, I have them 
I'm at six and eleven. I, I have them at the same record as the Broncos. Okay. Yeah, so I have them at five and twelve. Mm-hmm. I um what was I gonna say? I don't know, I just completely lost my thought. Anyway, Jack, you have the first word here. Uh Similar to the last one, three fourteen's harsh. I like them more what you guys had, uh, but I'll try to talk bad about them. <laughs> I I like Anthony Richardson. I think he'll be the best quarterback in this draft class. So three wins is a shock, but uh, he needs time. He started barely his whole only one season in college, so he just needs time. He needs reps. Um, but he's an insane athlete. Um. I feel like their O line's getting a, should be kind of they had a down year last year if I'm not mistaken I feel like they they will get back to what they were um the weapons that Richardson has to throw to what do you I want what do you guys think about the receiver the receiving group um I think it's pro, it's promising it, it it's not like a it's not like an otherworldly group but I. Like especially with the Josh Downs draft choice, I like. I think Pittman can kind of get unlocked, maybe with, with Shane Steichen a little bit more. Um, and then Alec Pierce, I I like. I just feel like I feel like none of them have really been given much of a chance to prove anything yet, just in terms of okay. the QB play that they've had. Yeah, it's kind of maybe a little bit like the Broncos situation. I'd say it could be similar to that. I think that's fair. But maybe, le- yeah, we don't. Yeah, less- I don't think it's as good personally. Less, yeah, that's what I was getting at. It is young, um, it's, it's young though, so that, that's my only thought because Pittman's what, like 24, right. Pierce is like 24, and then Downs, I'm assuming, is like 22. Sounds about right, right? Um, I mean, still, it, it's still like a mid, a, a middle tier receiving duo, maybe still bottom tier as of now. I'll turn it over to you guys, let you guys talk on the defense, maybe. The defense is where the six and eleven comes from for me. I think the offense is gonna like I I part of it for me is I know it's a little bit of Philly bias, but like seeing what uh seeing what um he was able to do with uh Chain Steichen that is seeing what he was able to do with Young Hurts gives me a lot of promise that even even a rookie or Anthony Richardson is gonna be able to find some form of success um during this year. You know, the, the biggest hope is just that they with them as a starter now, that better be the case for the entire season. I, I don't want them doing like the whole like plays bad and then all of a sudden he's benched. He, he can't do that to him. So he's gonna play the full year, uh, you know, barring any injury most likely. So it's all gonna come down to how much they can get out of him rookie year. But this year, I don't think it'll be anything crazy. But I think his legs is gonna give them enough of a floor for this offense to kind of put up some points. Um, we'll see about Jonathan Taylor. Who knows? But uh, I don't even know what to touch on with him because I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, the defense is kind of where where they lose me a little bit. Uh, Shaquille Leonard's getting a little bit up there in age, um, so you have to wonder if we're going to maybe start to see some form of a decline on his end. Uh, the D line is kind of like you have you have DeForest Buckner there and like a younger guy like Quiddy Pay, but I don't know. This defense as a whole just hasn't been something that's like jumped off the page um, for the last few years. I feel like. Uh, they got uh, they drafted Juju Brents and Darius Rush, so they got a little bit younger um, uh, at corner. But yeah, I don't know. This defense is really uninspiring, and I think overall is kind of where they're gonna 
where we're going to see them lose a lot of their games. I don't think I don't think Anthony Richardson's going to be good enough to keep up with as many points as they might have to score. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, Shane Steichen has a lot on his plate yeah. in terms of like riding the ship of this team and just kind of correcting the culture of Indianapolis. I mean, you have the Jeff Saturday debacle, <laughs> the gambling suspensions, mm-hmm. an unhinged owner, a running back contract standoff, and a team that really underachieved last year. So yeah. there's a lot going on here. This will not be an easy task. And I'm not saying that he can't do it. I just I don't know enough about him as a person and as a leader at this point to kind of make a determination on that. Um, you guys mentioned Anthony Richardson starting week one. I was very surprised by this. I thought it was like almost a lock. We'd be seeing Garner Minshew start open up the year. I figured, but I like it. Um, I mean, this either tells me that the Colts really see something in him in camp or they just want him to learn via his mistakes and kind of get the, the growing pains out early. Which I support. I think it's the right move. Yeah, I'm, I mean, similar to Jack, I'm also a Richardson believer. I just, you know, page, patience is going to be required in this process. I mean, the numbers don't lie. I mean, he's only, he's only attempted 393 collegiate passes, which isn't a lot. He only completed 54.7% of them. He had a 24 to 15 collegiate college uh, touchdown to interception ratio. So he obviously needs to develop like a lot as a passer in order to be successful. And that I think that kind of development just doesn't happen in one year. So, you know, this year could be kind of ugly at points. I ultimately do think Jonathan Taylor will be back. Um, And it's just, it's sad that the running backs have no leverage, but that's just kind of like the reality of the situation. Um, I have written down here, like, I feel like why can't, I can't decide just agree on like a two or three year extension at like 11 to 13 million per year. I feel like that seems fair. It's not like a, and it's also one of those, like the way I think about it too, at least from their perspective, like you want one, you want to surround Anthony Richardson with the best talent that you have. That would include, that would include him. And then the other part of it too, is like, that's also the luxury of having your rookie, like having a rookie quarterback be your starter. Like you, that's money that you don't have to think about right now. Like you have this window where if you wanted to throw a little bit of money at guys that maybe maybe in the grand scheme of things it doesn't look like the like the absolute smartest deal in the world but like you have the ability to do it right now. So it did, yeah, exactly. It, Now's it the time to do it. Like by the time that contract is done, then it'd be time to pay Richardson and then yeah. Taylor will probably be too old it. anyway. So yeah, Exactly. Dude. Like the the timing actually w- would work out perfect, but I mean when Jimmy when Jimmy says you're it's just there, there's no such thing as like like a, a sure thing, I guess. I don't know. That man is he's something. Right. I don't I don't think uh that hypothetical two year twenty four million dollar contract would be I think it's fair, but I can't I don't see how Taylor would accept anything near that. I mean with the with the Zeke deal and Henry, Chubb, McCaffrey, Taylor wants to be paid like those guys and he has an argument to be in that conversation amongst those guys and I mean they're getting they got yeah all I mean 15 th- plus for well, three to six I, years I, for Zeke I like Jonathan Taylor a lot I think he's a very good running back but in terms of like his argument like those guys did it for multiple years he had one really good season and then last year like if he did the same thing last year that he did in 2021 he would have more yeah. 
I think leverage to to like say that, but and I think he would have gotten it if he if he did. Like I think, I think that's probably I, very possible. If he hadn't gotten a deal like that, then um, someone would have given it to him. Yeah, and I, I think that'd be on Ursay for not like yeah. If he repeated what he did in twenty twenty, he he definitely deserves a. I don't know four. I, I'm 15, I'm not fifteen million yeah. four year extension. Yeah. I'm not saying Ursa is right at all. Like I still think they should pay him, but yes, if he did that, then it would be even more dumb not to. Yeah. Uh last thing I'll say on the Colts is that PFF has their offensive line ranked 10th, which was surprising to me. I feel like they weren't very a very good offensive line last year. But very that just pr- that shows to me that they think they'll bounce back. Um which would, for a little bit. Titus Howard, he's on the Texans. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, I'm going to the next team. <laughs> Wow, jumping ahead of us. I don't know what, what just happened. I just had a complete uh, brain melt, and I was you said O line, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> um, okay, well, we we can use that as a, as our time to transition to uh, the Texans. <laughs> Three thirteen and one last year, worst record in the AFC, second worst in the league. Uh, they bring in D'Amico Ryan's Shreff. Where do you have the Texans yeah, this year? Ahead, I, I'll go first, but I um. I have them at four and thirteen, but it's a it's going to be a scrappy four and thirteen. Okay, uh, I have them at five and twelve, and I believe I have them winning their last four games. Whoa! Extreme here, two and fifteen. There we go. Oh. Give, him a, give him a game or two bump. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Sheriff, you can have the first word for the Texans. Yeah, uh, three or four and thirteen, which obviously that's bad. Uh, that is not not a good record by. NFL standards, but the reason I said scrappy is I I really do have a lot of faith in D'Amico Ryan's both as a coach and also just as a we kind of talked about in Indianapolis kind of resetting the culture. Houston's obviously another uh, place that needs a pretty much a complete overhaul, and I think Meek is a guy that can certainly do that. Um, I would like 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 a little bit of a bold prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if in like two years, two three years, we look at this this division and say that it's the best coach division in football. I think it's I think it's possible. I think there's a path to that. Um, but going into the Texans specifically, obviously the big big if on this uh, entire team is going to be CJ Stroud. How good can he be right off the gate? Um, I don't think they've officially announced him as the starter yet, but everything points towards it. So I mean, I think that's what everyone expects. I don't think I think the Davis Mills experiment has a uh, has has ended. I'd, I'd like to think, um, but who knows. Um, Damian Pierce, I like a lot. Uh, I think kind of took great advantage of getting drafted to a place where there really wasn't any competition for him, and he won that job as he should have. You bring in Devin Singletary to add a little bit of a you know change of pace, but I I'm I think Damian Pierce is still going to get a, a bulk of this work. Um, the receiving core is not not good; it's bad. Um, you have Tank Dell, the rookie, who's looked very good so far, so I'm excited for him. I like Nico Collins, but hasn't been able to stay healthy so far, um, so we'll have to see. And then you have Robert Woods, who at this point, I, it's Robert Woods. And then Noah Brown from Dallas, who was okay last year in terms of stats, but I feel like if you actually watch Dallas on a game-to-game basis, he doesn't give you much hope as like a guy that's going to help your offense that much. And then they, I, forgot, I almost forgot, they, they double-dipped for Dallas and brought in Dalton Schultz as well. Um, a guy that I think is just going to be reliable for CJ Stroud, I think especially starting off, you want uh, 
a guy that you feel pretty confident that is going to you know find his way open and be reliable. Um, I think Schultz can do that. I don't think it's going to translate to like a huge season for him, but I think he's he's a reliable target. But the, the weapons as a whole are are not good. Um, the line uh, should hopefully be better. Hunsell's established himself as a top tackle in the league. Titus Howard, since I already brought it up, I think he's hurt, but I forget how long term it is. I don't know if he's missing time or not. But check that real quick. Yeah, if you want to look at that, but yeah, I mean this 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 team is going to get as far as C.J. Stroud can take them. Um, I think just because of how much of like a you know kind of stand in the pocket, uh, you're not really going to see him getting loose like running around too much. I think that makes his floor a little bit lower potentially as a rookie quarterback. Um, and I mean, part of it too is I mean, it, for, so far it looks like maybe processing you know getting to his second third reads might be a struggle right out the gate. So if his receivers aren't really getting open as frequently as you'd like him to, we could see some some early struggles. But the defensive side of the ball, I'll let you guys talk about it a little bit more. But you bring in Will Anderson, and then having a guy like Danico Ryan's coaching that defense now, you'd have to imagine is going to instantly elevate them, no matter what the players look like. But the problem is a lot of the players on this defense aren't good either. But I'll let you guys talk about that more. So. Titus Howard uh, has surgery on a hand, broken hands uh, on August 7th, mm-hmm. and it said he was out four to six weeks. So mm-hmm. he may miss the first game, maybe two games, but Not it much. shouldn't be more than that. All right. Um, I'm next for the Texans. I do like the D'Amico Ryan's hire. He seems like on all accounts that he's going to bring like a contagious energy mm-hmm. and should provide a a strong culture to a franchise that's been kind of a mess for the past two or three seasons with bad play, Deshaun Watson, you know, a lot of things. I still have reservations though, about the, the, the lack of talent on this roster, which I think will be difficult to win games in year one. Uh, hence, you know, five and 12, I think makes sense. I think there is some reason for optimism for this offense, but I'm not really buying the hype if there actually is hype because I'm not really a fan of CJ Stroud's game. Uh, his lack of mobility kind of concerns me. He only had 88 rushing yards in his two starting years at Ohio State, and that's just not going to fly in the NFL. Even in his first preseason, I know it's preseason, but he kind of seemed like a statue back there. And coupling that with the PFF has him ranked 25th, and I know the tackles are decent but it's still not a great line i think that could be kind of disastrous with how stroud plays and like you said Shref, i mean they they did try to make some moves in in the free agency and in the draft but i don't really think singletary woods and dalton schultz and tank dell like they don't really move the needle for me like yeah, they're not really they, doing yeah. much um i don't think the defense will be great but there are some young pieces in place i think Derek stingley he played he played he showed enough to where like I feel like you can be optimistic for the potential still. And I do think Will Anderson got a little bit of like prospect fatigue. Like mm-hmm. I think this guy's like one of the safest best yeah. edge prospects Absolutely. in the past like 3 to 4 drafts. And for some reason like I don't know, he, I feel like he's not being talked about as much. I think he could be like an instant contributor and I think year 1 he could be like an 8 to 10 sack guy. Definitely. So, that's where I'm at with the Texans. I do think that they may get a little bit better as the season goes on, but uh, still not a team I have super high expectations for. Uh, I won't go too long. Uh, 
I did. I guess it did have them as the worst record here. Um, so I guess my main reason for that is CJ Stroud. Uh, although he's my second favorite quarterback in this draft class, I don't think he's going to be good. Um, he, I'll harp on the point that I've harped on before. Just do not draft quarterbacks from Ohio State or Alabama. There's literally not one good one ever. Jalen Hurts. He doesn't count. <laughs> he doesn't won count. Won a national no. championship with them. So my my point. The the argument behind that is that he doesn't count because he had experience in another system. If you're only used to the Bama system, Ohio State system, where you have guys that five star wide receivers that get open and get separation, like Jalen Hurts had that, wasn't even successful at Alabama, transferred to Oklahoma and had a lot of success there with Lincoln Riley. So he had exposure to a different system and that certainly helped him now. So Quarterback. That's why he doesn't fall into the Alabama quarterback. He literally wasn't drafted out of Bama. Um, Two was fine. Yeah, two was the best Alabama quarterback of all time. Justin and Fields. Like, and he's Justin Fields, the best Ohio State quarterback of all time. I just named. I just named three guys. I don't know. They just well, names as I said, him. Jalen Hurts does not count, and those two other guys aren't proven. Like they're not. They have potential, and I, I'm not. I I like them both, honestly. But like, it's it's alarming that two college programs that are that good and dominant have never produced a good quarterback. It is so, interesting. Uh, yeah, CJ Stroud. He's not throwing. Jesus, yeah, <laughs> he's not throwing to Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Marvin Harrison Jr., JSN, and um. This, this is true. <laughs> who am I missing? Isn't there one more? Uh, there's uh, one more. That's enough. There's, I mean, they they have another guy. Uh, yeah, for, he's, his his name's hard to pronounce, but he's going to be uh, like right, a top yeah, fifteen. Yeah, like Luke is going to be a first rounder too. So that's going to be two another. And two now he has Robert Woods, and Nico Collins. Like it's it's so, and he didn't oh, hasn't he looked didn't great so far in preseasons. Like it's it doesn't seem like it's a good recipe without, and he doesn't have. Demi Ryan's, I agree with you guys. He's going to be great, but he's a defensive guy. Like he's not. It's not a Doug Peterson. So like it's, it's going to be tough. I forgot to mention John Mechie too. He'll he'll be back, which is nice. But sure. we'll see. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to the AFC North. Ooh, interesting. We're going to start with the first place team from last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. Twelve and four. I think. I know Shreff went first last time. Does that make me go first, I think? Sure. Okay. I have the Bengals at 11 and 6. I have 13 and 4, but I would, I would have liked ideally 12 and 5. Okay. I have, them at, I have them at 10 and 7. Ooh. Yeah. We haven't had too much of a disparity yet. So... I think 10 and 7 has the potential to be a little bit of a spicy take, but we'll hear from Shrefinus in a moment here. I have them at 11-6. Like I said, the O-line hasn't been good, honestly, at any point in Joe Burrow's career. He was sacked the most in 2021, and he was sacked the sixth most last year. So, I mean, it hasn't really mattered. They made the Super Bowl in 2021 in the AFC Championship last year. So, um. Acquiring Orlando Brown, though, shows that the front office is still like serious about making improvements, and they still prioritize it. 
which is good if you're a Bengals fan. I think parlaying the acquisition of Brown and also kicking Jonah Williams out to the other side of the offensive line in a contract year could could result in the improvement that they're looking for, um, which is kind of scary to think about if they were this good without a bad with with a bad offensive line. If it's actually competent, then they could be even better. I think um, the Burrow calf strain is a little bit concerning. I think that could kind of result in a slow start. They do have uh, two divisional opponents right out of the gate. They've got Cleveland and Baltimore. So, you know, those are never easy games. However, I doubted Burrow coming off of his ACL injury in 2021. I, I don't remember exactly how I had the Bengals that year, but I don't think it was too great. And they were conference champions. So, what do I know? I do think I'm I don't know. I'm I'm wondering if the loss of both of their safeties will affect like the back end of their secondary. They did lose Von Bell and Jesse Bates. Um they each started 16 games last year and accounted for four interceptions each. So that's definitely production that they're gonna miss. And they're definitely gonna need young guys such as Dax Hill and Jordan Battle to step up in their absence. So we'll see. There's some question marks, but this team is still amongst the most talented in the league. They got a top five quarterback in the league. So at that point, I know it's, it, this is going to be probably the most competitive, toughest division in, in the national football league, but you know, they, they still have burrow and the, all those weapons. So I think 11 wins, unless injuries happen, which that could derail any team season. I think 11 wins is the floor. Jack, go ahead. Uh, yeah, the only reason, and I guess these could potentially be, be two big reasons why you could be down on the Bengals, and you mentioned both Burrow's injury and the loss of Jesse Bates. I feel like no one has talked about the loss of Jesse Bates, and he's, like, what, the, the third best safety in the league? Like, he's yeah. up there, and, uh, I mean, other than him, I'm not, the defense is still good. It's still what it is. Um, and the offense is still really good. Like they didn't lose any. The only loss, not even a loss, um, argument against the offense is Joe Burrow's injury, which he, well, reports should be fine. But uh, I don't know. Like last year, he Burrow was coming off a uh, appendectomy surgery, and he was like lost a lot of weight, and he had that bad week one. Um. But then they turned out fine. So, like, I don't know. Like, maybe he struggles in week one or two this year because he's, like, rusty, hasn't practiced in a couple weeks, but month. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I expect them to be fine. And 12, maybe it's high, but 12 wins is reasonable. Yeah, that's all fair. Yeah, so I, I'm the low man here with 10 and 7, but, um, yeah, I don't know. For me, I, I I will say that I think ten and seven is is their floor. So I I chose them to hit their floor this year, I guess technically. Um, but it, it's a product of a couple things. One, I mean, we we've talked about the O line, but like it's this seems like a problem that just kind of repeats itself year after year. And I know I know they bring in Orlando Brown, but it's one of those things where I'll I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, him getting like actual like protection the entire season. Um, I completely agree. The Jesse Bates thing uh, was a big reason why I kind of ended up where I ended up here. 
Um, I think that's a loss that, as you said, Jack, for some reason hasn't been talked about much. Um, we'll talk about Atlanta in the next episode, but I like that. That's a huge loss and a huge addition for them, I think, um, for the secondary. And but yeah, so it's just this division in general. I think like I think the I think these teams are going to beat each other up every time they play. And you got six of those games, and I'm not saying that they're going to lose all those, but like I think they're going to be tough. And then outside of that, I was just scrolling through the schedule to make sure I had it. But you have obviously. All those division games and then they are going to play Tennessee who we said is a little bit could be an interesting team this year they're going to play Seattle who I feel like will all be maybe decently high on they get San Fran they get Buffalo and they get Jacksonville as well so not a cakewalk Kansas City too and Kansas City at the end of the year yeah so not this isn't a cakewalk schedule by any means and they're obviously still a wildly talented team and like I said, I think ten and seven's the floor. I could certainly I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them at like a twelve and five, thirteen and four. But I just think uh I just think at some point something's gotta maybe change with this protection on the O line and I think the secondary loss is gonna maybe play a bigger role than we might think. So that's why I landed on ten and seven. All right. We're gonna move on to the second place team in the division from last year. It's the Baltimore Ravens. We're ten and seven. Um, obviously, Lamar signs a big deal after you know that was a big story in the early part of the offseason. So, Jack, if you would go first, what do you have the Ravens going in twenty twenty three? Eleven and six. Okay, Shref. I also have eleven and six. I have ten and seven, so I'm pretty yeah. much right there with you guys. Um, I definitely, I, I really hope we have one, like one where it's like really off and we have some <laughs> debate here, but Jack, go ahead. First word on the Ravens. Um, when I was going through like picking them, well, I didn't go team by team. I went week by week and I feel like I faded on them as the season went on. Cause I, in my head, I rationalized like, and eh, they'll all be hurt by then. Like the Ravens just always get so so hurt they every do. year. They do. They get tanked every the, year. The, that survey thing, right? Then they they graded so poorly for uh, I forget what the, the category was, but like personal training or something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, but I still think they are good on paper. Um, they bring in. Odell and Zay Flowers as like the new additions to their wide receiver group and I don't want to buy into like OTA hype and clips but like Odell's look good <laughs> from what I in the highlights I've seen um, Zay Flowers also look really good so I don't know that's promising and I should mention the addition of um, what was their old offensive coordinator's name Greg Roman it was Greg Roman. They, That's the attraction. Addition of Todd Munkin. Yeah, they got um, three minutes, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Like everyone's expecting, like him to turn into this like high flying, air raid, air raid in quotes, more pass heavy offense. But like. And that's in theory good. I just don't know how really that's gonna work out. Like that's that's never been. I don't think that ever can be Lamar's mo. Um. Like, it's good in theory, and, like, it looks like it's working in theory. Like, they're bringing these receivers that, like, we know and, like, are 
had potential and had like had superstar talent. Like the passing game is looking up, but like I just don't really see it coming to fruition. It, I maybe it'll improve a little bit, but I don't. I don't know. It, I it's still be surprised if this offense's offense if this offense's identity is not running the ball. And um, J.K. Dobbins was like holding out or something. Like, dude, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, he he's not at. He was a good prospect, had some success so far, but like, you've been hurt. Like, you don't have the pedigree to do that. <laughs> no, I don't no, know. Not quite. Not quite. I don't know if he's quite proved it enough yet. Uh, but I'll kick it to you guys to to elaborate more on the rest of the team. What I said. Yeah, I can, too. <laughs> I can go. Uh, I. A, a big part of the eleven and six for me is is the Todd Munkin uh, is Todd Munkin brought in. Um, um, I am gonna I'm gonna buy the hype on it a little. Uh, I I think as you said, Jack. Like obviously, you know, uh, I I personally think he's a he's a more accurate passer than he gets credit for. But I also I'm hoping that I'm hoping that there there's he's been quoted Munkin at least has kind of been reiterating that a big part of this is that he wants to get Lamar better running looks than what he's gotten. So I'm hoping that that's the case and they can kind of mix it up both ways. But um, I like this receiver core. Zay Flowers has looked apparently unreal so far, and I expect that to come to fruition on the field. I also think Mark Andrews is going to is gonna be in for a big year. Um, you know, I mean, this obviously, it's going to look a little different in the NFL versus what it looked like in college. But, like, seeing what Brock Bowers got to do in that offense at Georgia kind of gets me excited for what they could kind of have Andrews doing. Um so yeah, the the offense excites me. Obviously, as you said, like Ravens will probably not. They'll probably be starting five different players on offense by like week six because that's just how they are. Um, but on defense, I'm also just excited. I, I thought they're. I think they were. They were kind of a sneaky, underrated, not even underrated defense last year. But I mean, they they got forced into some tough positions in terms of quarterbacks and just like offense that they were trotting out there in general. Um, we saw them get into just some absolute like snooze fest, low scoring games, and their defense just kind of had to step up. So yeah, I don't know. I I think this is an on paper team that that can win this division, but obviously the health of some of these guys is going to be huge because they have like pretty much their entire skill position roster is guys who have had pretty lengthy injury histories. So that could be an issue. Yeah, so um, I had some uh, notes about Monken as well. I mean, not nothing that you guys generally already say. I mean, Greg Roman's system kind of grew a little stale, I feel like, towards the end. Uh, so he could definitely bring a fresh scheme in there in Baltimore. Mentioned Lamar. I mean, when he – do you, any guesses – he has started 61 games. Do you guys know what his record is? Probably pretty high. Um, 61, you said? Yes, 61 uh, games. I bet he's won like... Mm. I bet he's won like 35. I was going to 37. 45 and 16. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. The, the only problem is, I mean, he's yeah. missed... Ten games, yeah. Ten games over the past two seasons. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's healthy, I think they're a lock for 10 wins. Uh, I, I'm betting that I think he will be at least available for 15-ish games. I don't think he'll miss extended time. Obviously, there's really no way to predict that, but uh, Marlon Humphrey, he got foot surgery, and he's out indefinitely, so it's kind of up in the air how long he'll be out for. He's an integral part to that defense, so hopefully for their sake, he can be back as soon as possible. Uh, Luckily, though, I did find this stat. uh, If he is to miss time, they have the Texans and the Colts at home weeks one and three. Uh, and I found this stat. I don't know how I did, but with almost certainly both of those being starting rookie quarterbacks, uh, rookie quarterbacks in the Jim, uh, John Harbaugh era are seven and 21 against Baltimore. So it should be good to go whether Humphrey's there or not, but you know, hopefully he heals up and is out there as soon as possible. So I think the Ravens will be good again. Um, they're going to be right in that playoff mix. Like we've mentioned a couple times already, this is a very hard division. So we will see. But um, if no one else has anything to say, we'll move on to the Steelers. Our Pittsburgh Steelers, 9-8 and eight last year, first year of Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think Shreff. We'll let you have the first word. That'll be interesting. So you're up, and then me, then Jack. Yeah, I have the Steelers at 10 and 7. Do you have all three 10 and 7s? No, he had Ravens at 11 and 6. I I have Ravens 11 and 6, Bengals and Steelers both at 10 and 7. Okay. I have Steelers at 11 and 6. Also put them at 11 and 6. That's fair. Nice. So, Shref, uh, we'll we'll let you have the first word. Yeah, this is, I mean, I know this is your squad, so you guys are obviously going to be able to go a little more in-depth than things, so I'll just kind of give my overall thoughts on the team. But, I mean, no matter what, you have Mike Tomlin. So that record was never going to be anything worse than 9-8 and eight in the first place because we, we know how he, how he does his work. But either way, um, I'm expecting Kenny to take a, a, a good enough leap going into year two to kind of bump up this, this win total uh, even more than, than it could already be at. But uh, he's already looked good apparently so far in camp. Uh, it seems like the accuracy is kind of really starting to, to show a little bit more. And he's got a pretty fun just overall uh, group of guys to kind of work the ball to. Um, you have Najee Harris, obviously, right, right off the bat. Um, I expect to see him get maybe a little more consistent this year. And I also hope that I mean, obviously, for from a fantasy perspective, it's not as fun, but I'm hoping that they get Jalen Warren uh, more involved kind of on like a, you know, drive by drive basis. I think we're seeing it at this point for a lot of teams that the committee is kind of the way to do it. And I'm not saying that Warren needs to take like a ton of touches away, but I think rotating them in is going to be helpful for the offense as a whole. Uh, I'm excited for the receiving core. Deontay Johnson, I know, like kind of gets hounded for the drops, but like he's over. He's a really consistent receiver and like. Just a, a very reliable weapon that I think doesn't maybe get as much hype as he maybe deserves at times. But then you bring in George Pickens, who I feel like everyone is is expecting to like blow up this year. I hope he does. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, and obviously you still have Pat, Pat Fryermuth there. Allen Robinson has seemed to look good so far. He's another, like, I'll believe it when I see it guy. He's someone that I feel like has appeared to be cooked for a while, but maybe maybe not in Pittsburgh. We'll see. Um, and then big offensive line upgrades. I well, not not big, but you bring in Isaac Sayamala, who once again, uh, Eagles bias coming in. But I love that man, and I, I think he's going to be fantastic in Pittsburgh. 
Um, and then the defense is just really fun. I, I, I'll let you guys talk about the defense because I feel like you guys are going to be excited for that as well. But yeah, I don't know that this team on paper looks like really good. And this is a team that that'll probably just go as far as Kenny can take them. I expect Kenny to take them to good places. Yeah, so you mentioned the offensive line. Obviously, it's improved tremendously from where it was about a year or two ago at this point. PFF has us ranked 12th, which I do think is a little high at this point. I, yeah. I, I'd probably yeah. have us more like like middle of the pack, like 16th or something like that. I'm okay but uh, Sayomalu, Nate Herbig, uh, Roderick mm-hmm. Jones via the draft. So not only did the, the, the starting off, like the starting line improve, but I think our depth really improved as well. Mm-hmm. And line play on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, has been a big emphasis by Omar Khan and Andy Weddle. Uh, so I really like the way they're building this team, starting in the trenches. So I, that encourages me and makes me feel optimistic. I the faith I have in Kenny Pickett is a large factor in this prediction at eleven and six. I think even if he's just like an average starter, this team can win nine plus games. But the thing is, I don't, I don't even think he's an average starter. I really do think that he could be a plus starter. I mean, mm-hmm. we were seven and one. In the last eight games, he started and finished because there was a game he got knocked out and one game he didn't play. Seven and one in those last eight games. He threw one interception in those eight games and he had three game winning drives in those eight games. I think you can really tell who just, who actually watched the Steelers last year and who kind of just like saw the box score and looked up his end of the year stats based on how their, their opinion of Kenny. Um, so that, and I think another factor that, you know, Jack and I and Steelers fans talk about it a lot, but I think the broader audience or the national audience doesn't really talk about it as much. But I, I feel like everyone's forgetting that TJ Watt literally missed seven games last year. We still went that nine and eight. Help. Doesn't help. Um, I wrote this down here. Very telling numbers in his career. He's played 87 games. And in those 87 games, our points allowed per game is 20. And our record is 59, 26, and two. Mm-hmm. He's missed 11 games in his career. Our opponent's points per game goes all the way up to 26.3, so pretty much a touchdown more. And we're one in 10 when he doesn't play. So it's literally, it's, it shouldn't be hard with the Steelers, right? If TJ Watts on the field, the Steelers are going to win. It's, mm-hmm. that, it's literally that simple, right? Um, and he's, I really do think he's like the most important defensive player in the league. And I feel like he has been that for the past three years now. So I'm just, I think this is the most optimistic I felt for the Steelers and honestly, maybe the past six, seven years. And I'm not always like this. I mean, two years ago when we did our preview show, I had, I think I had us missing the playoffs um, probably around eight and eight or so, but so I'm not, I'm not one of those fans just like automatically I'm going to have my team with a good record, but I'm really confident this year. So that's my, that's my Steelers analysis. Jack, what do you uh, have to say? I really don't have too much to add, and I was going to bring up um, the TJ Watt thing. Like, Kenny's last however many games, like, what was the record that you just said that he went? In the games that he started and finished, we were 7-1. and one. Yeah, and that was largely, like, towards the latter half of the season. But, and Kenny is good. I love Kenny. We all know that. It doesn't need to be said, but TJ Watt came back those weeks, and I think that could be more attributed to him and the defense 
And yeah, I was going to say the record thing and winning percentage wise of TJ Watt games he's played is 69%. So that equates to 11.8 wins out of 17. Um, and I think this roster is a little better for the most part than what it has been for times of TJ Watt's career. So um, 11 wins. I think is reasonable, even in a tough AFC, tough AFC North as well. Um, I don't want to buy too much into preseason hype, but it seems like they're catching fire on Twitter. See, like a lot of people are really are getting more excited about the Steelers, especially after the how they looked last night against the Bills. Um, that's true. We did look good. Um, it's like especially right in the beginning when starters were on both sides, and um. Kenny has played three drives in preseason. All three have led to led to touchdowns. Granted, Bad. two of them weren't really tough. When Jalen Warren has a sixty-two yard touchdown, well, the, the throw to Fryermuth last night it was a twenty-five yard throw. It was pretty good. The pick and throw was a good though. throw. Um, yeah, so I, Kenny's look good. And aside from the touchdown plays, like I really and he showed this trending towards this last half of the season in twenty-two. He's really showing exuding more poise and confidence in the pocket from what I've seen in preseason so far, which hit, I wanted, I the main thing I want him to improve upon this year is um, hanging in the pocket more. Um, he did that at times last year very well, but there were times where he didn't need to abandon the pocket and he did. Um, but by all accounts, he's looked He's improved that in preseason so far, so hopefully that trend continues. Um, I can't think of anything else to say. Yeah. All right, we will move on to the fourth place team from last year, the Cleveland Browns, at seven and ten uh, in twenty twenty two. I'll have the first word for them in terms of the record. I have them at eight and nine. Seven and ten. I also have seven and ten. All right. The Browns. They're the classic offseason on paper champions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, oh man, they're gonna they're gonna have ten wins, they're gonna make the play uh, whatever. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, it like objectively, is not the player we were accustomed to seeing him on the field, right? Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of numbers written down here. He posted career lows in completion percentage, which was 58.2. Previous low was 61.8. His touchdown to interception ratio, which was 7 to 5 last year, previous low was 26 to 12. Mm-hmm. Yards per attempt was 6.5 last year, career low. Previous co- career low was 7.8. Passer rating, career low, 79.1. Previous career low was 98. Yards per game was 183.7. His previous low was 242.7. His QBR was a career low, 38.3. Previous low, 61.8. I mean, these aren't just slight. These are big downgrades. Mm. I'm not sure if it's taking... He didn't play for 28 games. I'm not sure if it was the media cloud that was surrounding him and still does or he's just lost it, or it's a combination of all three of those things, but he's just literally not the same player. Uh, 
So, I mean, I guess I'll talk a little bit positively on Cleveland. I do like, I think they made some savvy moves in the offseason. For not having a first or second round pick, I did like their drafts. Um, they did, you know, I liked Cedric Tillman, uh, Dewan Jones, uh, Sakai. I, I can't know how to pronounce that guy's name, but you know who I'm talking about. The Baylor defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, DTRs look pretty good in preseason. They also bring in Elijah Moore at a relatively cheap cost. I thought that was a good move. Um, and Zadarius Smith, I think that was a good addition as well. In his last three healthy seasons, he's had 36 sacks. So to compliment Miles Garrett, that's a really, really good edge rushing duo. Could be honestly that off the top of my head, I can't, I can't really think of a better one. I saw an Instagram post today. I had them ranked the best and then Steelers second. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that should be a top three edge rushing duo. Um, and last thing I'll say, and then I'll pass it off to you guys, is, is it's a narrative that we brought up at the end of the Jeopardy Championship episode, but does Kevin, does Kevin Stefanski make it through the season? Um, after winning Coach of the Year in 2020, his records declined each of the last two seasons. They were 11-5, and then 8-9, and then 7-10. and 10. I think he has to go 9-8 and eight or better because this roster otherwise is too talented. And if they don't, then that's partially on him. Not yeah, partially, I, I think it's almost fully on him. So that's where I'm at with the Browns. I think they're going to, they'll be, they're going to be a good team. I think they'll be right around 500, but I, I don't think, I think they're the odd team out here in this mm-hmm. division. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I agree. I, uh, Watson has, is not what he once was. Uh, I'm not going to call him cooked yet, but if, if this season starts off the way that last season was going, then, the cooked allegations might might start coming out. But, um, I mean, Nick Chubb is still going to be Nick Chubb. We know that. The offensive line uh, is always, you know, above average. Um, it, like, a, a lot of it for me is going to come down to if Elijah Moore, like, is actually going to, like, fulfill any form of potential that he had. Um, I, lo- I, I thought he was a really good prospect coming out. I was very confused as to why the Jets never found a way for him. And I'm... I'm hoping that in Cleveland we'll find out if it's either because the Jets were being stupid or because Elijah Moore maybe isn't as good as we hoped he would be. But I think he'll be decent. And then I, I like the Cedric Tillman pick a lot. I think he's going to be a contributor pretty much from day one. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then the defense, once again, like they they have some guys. Uh, Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom's a pretty good cornerback duo as well. But in this division, I just don't think they have it. And I mean, it, for me, a lot of it comes back to Deshaun Watson. I just don't. I think this offense is one that that we we look at and think, oh, this could be good, but that's because we think of Deshaun Watson as what he once was. But I, it doesn't it doesn't feel like he's going to be able to find that again. And if he doesn't, then I I don't see how they're going to be successful in this in this division. Uh, I'm going to defend the Browns, which is weird because I had them what I had them at a worse record than Mitchell in same yeah. draft, but. Uh, and I hate saying this. I'm gonna defend Deshaun Watson. I'm gonna defend Deshaun Watson's uh, on-field um, production last year. Uh, I expected it. I expected complete, fully expected that to happen. Like for him to look bad. He hadn't played in two years, and if everything that's happening mentally, I, I can't. I couldn't fathom him putting together any type of success on the field. And I think other, I'm not, I don't think I'm alone in that. Um, 
I think another off season removed from the situation, um, where he's not like a big just talking point as he was last year, um, and having a full season off season, I guess, in this new environment, new team, um, it'll help, and I still think he can be good. I mean, before all this happened, he, he was, it was him and Mahomes as like the best two quarterbacks, honestly. So I'm not writing him off yet. Um, as a player, um, what else I want to say? Defense, uh, they bring in Dalvin Tomlinson from the, the Vikings. I think that was another savvy underrated signing and also new defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz. Mm -hmm. Um, we have mentioned that, so those are reasons to be optimistic about them. I still have them at seven to ten, uh, and for the same reason that I don't have the Chargers making the playoffs, I think they're just one of those cursed franchises. And I, I don't know; it's it's not really a logical explanation, but I I think there is, uh, especially the Browns have have a track record of dysfunction and I could just see that leaking into any argument that um, they could have for success this year um, and they're in the toughest division in football so that doesn't help either so and I also think last point I think the Stefanski thing as you said I think it's kind of run its course I liked him at first off, but uh, when he first started and when he's in uh, Minnesota, but I don't know. I, I think it's run its course and his time, I think, is going to be done after this season in Cleveland. All right. Very well. We're moving on to our final division of the night, the AFC East. We're going to start with the reigning AFC East champs in the Buffalo Bills, who were 13-3 and last year. Uh, Jack, you can have the first word, then Shref, and then I will go. 13 and 4. I have them at 12 and 5. I also have 12 and 5. Oh. Uh, Jack, go ahead. Uh, I think last year they were getting too much hype, and this year they're definitely not getting enough hype. Mm. Like, what Tell me what's changed about about these guys. Can you say is there what's the most, what's the biggest change the Bills have had this offseason? Uh Devin Singletary, but James Cook replaced them. And Damian Harris, right? But like like there's no I don't add. It's the same thing as last year. And to argue that they've, I think they had a great draft bringing Kincaid, who's looked solid so far, and uh, Osiris Torrance, that guard from from Florida. Uh -huh. Um, and yeah, I don't think off the top of my head they made any uh free big like free agency uh additions. They got Taylor Floyd. They got uh, Taylor right. Rapp. Okay, he, he might play. He'll he'll play a little bit, I'd imagine. So like I, I think they only improved this off season and I think being a little under the radar uh and overlooked is actually gonna help them. Um so 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have any reason to think they're not going to have 13 wins. Yeah, I think that I, I think they're I think that's very fair. I have 12 and five, uh, and I think that's like right. Like I I could 13 and four would not surprise me whatsoever. So I'm fine with that. Um, Josh Allen uh, definitely needs to you know cut back on some. I feel like he he still once in a while kind of shows off like that that weird like what was that decision making um but i mean there's no denying that he's a top at least top five probably top three quarterback in football so i mean you have to think that they're they're always going to be in every single game with a guy like him i'm very excited to see james cook uh from reports it seems like he's assumed like pretty much all uh running back duties obviously damian harris has been hurt a little bit but even when harris was healthy cook was still operating as the lead back it seemed so I like the idea of that. I think when he was used last year, he was a good little spark plug. So we'll see if he can do that at a consistent rate. But um, And then you look at the receiving core. Um, Diggs is obviously still a top guy. Him and Allen are definitely up there in terms of the top QB receiver duos. You want to see maybe a little more consistency out of Gabe Davis. Um, I feel like he has moments of showing that he can be like a legit reliable number two, but then sometimes just doesn't show it on a week-to-week basis. But... So him getting a little more consistent would help. But then you also draft Dalton Kincaid, who is basically going to play receiver anyway. Um, very excited for him. I think it gives a whole new weapon for Allen to use, and I think he's going to. Like I, I know the whole like first-year tight end thing is always a big question mark, but I, I think there's a couple this year that might be able to kind of break that a little bit just based on usage alone. Um, and then you have the O-line. You're hoping is going to be a little bit better. I think Osiris Torrance is definitely going to help that. Um, but still not a, not a, not a bad line by any means. I think for me, the big question for them going into this year is can, can the defensive line kind of show up a little bit more? Um, Von Miller, I think is on track to possibly play week one. They don't know yet, but, um, sign like, I mean, he's either going to play week one or he'll miss maybe like the first couple games, but he's going to play. Um, Greg Rousseau is what, like 24, 25. So you're hoping that he can kind of maybe enter the prime of his career. Um, and then Ed Oliver also just inked a, a new deal, I believe, this past offseason. So he's going to be expected to show up and kind of provide for this defense. So I think the secondary, when healthy, is still good. I think losing Edmonds definitely hurts, but Matt Milano's proven to be a, a top-end linebacker for as long as he's been there. So, yeah, I, I think it just if, – if the D-line can kind of get pressure um, and they can – kind of get back to that dominate like that dominating defensive line a little bit. I think I think this team's still going to be good. I I will say I I have them winning the division. I'm assuming you guys do as well. Yep. Yes, I do. Um Jack, you, you the the first thing that you said is literally the first note I have written down. I have I'll read exactly what I said. Last year in retrospect, I believe the Bills were overhyped. I don't think they should have been Super Bowl favorites over teams like Kansas City, Cincinnati, and San Francisco. This year, I believe it's the opposite. They currently sit at the third best odds at plus 900, which I believe is decent value. Um, So that's exactly pretty much what I had, the first thing I had written down. Um, Additionally, I do... It's really hard to think of a team that got hit harder by the injury bug than, than Buffalo did last year. I mean, coupling that with the DeMar Hamlin situation from last year i think it's understandable why this team kind of fell short towards the end and if injury luck kind of returns to like a normal amount which i feel like it should i feel like 
there's no way they can have that bad of injury luck two years in a row. Uh, I think they could be good and they could be in it probably until the end. I, I think people always have a sour taste in their mouth when it comes to Joss Allen. It, it was really a tale of two seasons for him, like pre and post uh, elbow injury. The first seven games I have written down here, he was on pace for. 5,338 yards, 46 pass touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. And then the last nine, he was on pace for only 39, 38 yards, and 30 passing touchdowns and 15 interceptions. So I think by all accounts, he seems like he's healthy. There's no lingering effects of that. And I think that's the main reason why I think they should be still mentioned in the same tiers as uh, Kansas City and Cincinnati, not outside of that tier, you know? I feel like okay. some people are kind of have them outside of that tier. I, I think they belong in that conversation. The O-line is ranked 20th by PFF. I think if they can get just average play, I think they'll be fine. Uh, their right tackle, Spencer Brown, has not played well at all last year, and he's definitely going to need to improve. Uh, you guys mentioned Termaine Edmonds le- losing him to free agency to the Bears. Uh, they've got some young guys that definitely will need to fill that void. Uh, but I, I do think the veteran presence of like Von Miller, Matt Milano, you mentioned, Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, who he could have left, but he chose to stay, and Micah Hyde, um, parlaying that with the, the defensive mind of Sean McDermott and better injury luck, I think that this defense at worst will be a top eight to 10 defense. So, yeah, I think the Bills will be just fine. And it's really all about perspective. Like Jack said, it's really the same team. It's just, they had higher expectations last year, and now their expectations are a little lower. So it's pretty much the same team, I'd say. Okay. That is the Bills. We're going to move on to the second-place team from last year, the Miami Dolphins, who squeaked into the playoffs with a 9-8 and record. Shref, you can go first, then we'll go me, then Jack. I'm interested for this one. I have them, I have them at 8-9. and nine. Okay. I have him at 10 and 7. Uh, this is going to be the one switch I have definitively from what I predicted. Uh, I'm going to say they're 9 and 8, even though I have them at 8 and 9. Okay. Uh, Shref, go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't... I want to start by... like I don't, I don't think the Dolphins are a bad team necessarily. Um, I mean, we've mentioned it a lot, but like this, this conference, there's going to be good teams that come in with a record that maybe we don't expect or teams missing the playoffs that maybe in the other conference wouldn't be missing the playoffs. But I think the Dolphins are going to be one of those teams right now. Um, for me, it all starts with the quarterback. Um, it's one thing like to talk about Tua being, you know, can he stay healthy? Like, will he stay healthy? That's obviously a whole separate thing that we can't predict. So I'm not going to, that, that didn't really even come into play for me in terms of picking my record. I think for me, it's more like, the more you, I watch him play, like he needs, he needs things to go kind of perfectly for him to be as good as he can be. Like I, I think he's still shown. He even showed it in that preseason game with the interception that he threw. Like if it, he he very much relies on I think Mike McDaniel's play calling to kind of just have guys open. And when they're not, I think he can panic a little bit. And I think this is. I mean, I've said it with how many really good quarterbacks there are. I think. He's gonna to have to like really be on his game every time, and I mean, as good. I mean, obviously Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are probably the best receiving duo in the league. I would say, 
But, I mean, the running game I felt like struggled to get going at times last year. You hope that a guy like Devon Chain can come in and maybe help out with that. He did just get hurt, but I haven't heard an update on if it's serious or not. But like I like if it is a little bit more serious, I don't know. I I don't know how many more years you can rely on Raheem Mostert to be your main guy. But they're gonna try. Um, the offensive line for me, Teron Armstead, as like incredible as he is, he he struggles to stay on the field. Uh, if he does, then they're a solid O line, still not great, but good enough. And then you know, on defense, uh, how long is Jalen Ramsey out for? At least like I mean, probably at least like half the season. Yeah, I thought like December or beginning December he's slated to get yeah. back. So I mean that's tough. I I know they they brought in Vic Fangio, so I so I do think there's going to be maybe a little bit of improvement on the defense. But I don't know the like Christian Wilkins is great on the inside. Dylan uh, Phillips is a big guy and I think could have a good year. But I don't know that this defense just doesn't quite. And then Bradley Chubb, you have to or we'll find out if he can kind of return to the form that we think he can be at. Um. But yeah, Jalen Ramsey being out for that long kind of hurts them a little bit, I think. And I think this is an on-paper team that looks really good, but I I don't know how much I quite trust the McDaniel-Tua combination yet. And that, for me, hurt them when I was coming up with their record. For me, I have them at 10-7. and seven. Uh, The Jalen Ramsey injury definitely is not ideal. For sure. I think my opinion of Tua definitely got higher from last season. I I mean, I just, I'm looking at his first nine games. And then, you know, the next four that he played, he struggled a bit. But his 17-game pace through the first nine games, uh, 4,800 yards, 48-43. 36 touchdowns and six interceptions. So like that is, those are borderline like MVP numbers, honestly. So uh, it's tough. The offensive line is ranked, I believe 20th by PFF. I I made a mistake when I said the bills, I said they were 20th. They're actually 22nd, but Miami's 20th. Uh, They bring Isaiah Wynn in. So that could provide some depth there. Um, Teron Armstead, when he's healthy, is a still a good tackle. So we'll see. I also believe in Mike McDaniel. I think um, you know sometimes he gets made fun of because he's a little corny in his interviews, but I still think he's a great offensive mind, and I think he utilizes to his strengths to the best um, that he can, and I think the team's better off for it. Defense should be really good, even without Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they didn't have him last year, and it was still a good defense. So, I don't know. I think this team's going to be very competitive, and um, ten and seven felt felt good to me. And if things, I don't know. I don't want to say that Mike White is like a he's a good backup. I wouldn't say he's a great backup, but if two does miss miss time, we've seen Mike White play well for some stretches. Uh, so that's another angle I'm looking at this. If he happens to miss time, which would be unfortunate. Hopefully it's not head related if that's the if that's the case, but we'll see. It's a tough division. I definitely believe uh in Miami more than uh a team we'll get to in a second. So uh my thoughts on Miami, I I, I have it nine and eight, which is the same as last year, I think. Right? Yep. Uh 
the I I really view this as a, a very similar team to last year, and the only reason I have I could think of they'd improve is another year with McDaniel, who I like a lot. Um I also like Tua, but I don't trust him to stay healthy the whole year. I mean, aside from the even the head thing all of last year, really, uh, he's he's not he's kind of an injury prone guy. Um, when he's on the field, as you said, he's effective, and I think he can be good. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to be available for all all seventeen games. Uh, which I think that his whole injury thing last year is not talked about. I think it's kind of overshadowed by the Demar Hamlin thing. Uh, there's a, I don't know. I, I have some concerns about it. Um, about him staying healthy, as I said, and I, like, I don't hate the dolphins. Like, I think they're going to, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if they even get to like 11 wins maybe, but I, I don't think they improved enough to keep up with the competitiveness of the rest of the AFC. So that's why I have them at only nine. That is uh, certainly fair. Um, We're going to move on to the third place team, which I forgot about. I thought it was just the Jets, but it's actually the Patriots. They came in third last year at eight and nine. So uh, I think I have the first word, if I'm not mistaken. And then we go uh, Jack, then Shref. I have the Patriots at seven and ten. Uh, eight and nine. The I had them nine and eight, and Dolphins eight and nine. But I'm just gonna flip them. Pats eight and nine. I have seven and ten as well for the Pats. Yeah. So New England. I don't know. Their their offense is really bland, really boring to me. I mean, they bring in Zeke, but like we've had debates on this show. I think Zeke is cooked, and I don't think that really does anything. For me personally, uh, they bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, who Jack mentioned in the very beginning of the show, had over 900 yards last year. Still a productive receiver, but again, I, I would like Juju more as a two instead of a one. So personally, that doesn't really do much to me. They uh, they bring in Mike Gusecki too, so that's something, but again, not much. They uh they have a decent offensive line ranked thirteenth by PFF, so I I think that could be a, a strength of the team, but I don't know. There's still not much going on here. This the seven wins is honestly just a respect thing mm-hmm. at this point for uh, Bill Belichick. I still think I don't think they're ever, they're not going to be a an embarrassment. They'll still be a tough team. Like they'll give teams some close games, but. I mean, I don't know. The defense is still pretty good. Matt Judon, fantastic year last year. Uh, they drafted Christian Gonzalez in the first this year. Kyle Duggar played well in some spots. Looking at Jack Jones here. So they've got some names. Defense is still pretty solid, but I really don't see this team doing much. I mean, I don't know. I don't really have too much else to say, so I guess you guys can go. Good. What? I, I, I want, I'm curious to hear Jack's perspective because he had them initially at nine and eight. So that, that shows yeah. to me that you're I don't slightly know. ahead, but 
I mean, I, I a lot of those wins were probably just uh, Bill Belichick respect wins. Um, but officially had him eight and nine. Don't get me wrong. Okay. And I honestly agree with you. I think that's like the that's the ceiling. The roster's just not good. Uh, I I really don't like Mac Jones. I don't think he's good. And I would not be surprised at all if he's benched. He was benched last year for performance really reasons for Zappy. Um, what someone put the odds on Mac Jones being benched for Malik Cunningham? It wouldn't be for Cunningham. That the odds on that would be like, uh, like a couple. I feel like a couple thousand probably. Well, how about? Mac Jones being benched, and then we see Molly Cunningham have a start in subsequent weeks. Okay, then that's probably that. For me personally, because I I'm not a Mac Jones guy either. I yeah, I put that at like I put that at like nine hundred. Like he's getting Link Cunningham's. I mean, we don't have to talk extensively about their what. It feels inevitable. It feels inevitable that we're gonna see he's, him. Play he's getting so much hype, and like yeah, it feels inevitable. Um. I mean, he's the, yeah, the Louisville quarterback, and they drafted him as a wide receiver, or do they sign him as a wide receiver? Um, uh, I don't know. But so he got preseason reps to quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, like it all starts with Mac Jones, and it's uh, the offense isn't good. Like if this was like Tom Brady or Mahomes, then sure, but like it's not. He, I think he stinks. I think Zeke isn't Cook, as we have as had that uh, discussion, but still, it doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> um, and the defense, like, again, respect to Bilicek, like, that's, this is, defense is his thing, so he's going to coach these guys up, get the absolute most out of them. But, like, other than Matt Judon, and they drafted Christian Gonzalez, who I like, but, granted, he's still a rookie. Like, there's nothing there. Jack Jones... Isn't he the guy that brought a gun on an airplane a couple months ago? Like, is he going to play? What's up with that? Did he do that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And he had like a solid rookie season, and like he was, I, I, I'm almost certain he brought a gun on an airplane and oh, got like arrested. Right. I think he might be right. Uh, but I don't know what's up with that. And hey. uh, what are you going to do? Seven, eight wins. That's what they're heading for. Tough division too. Yeah, I, I don't have too much to say. I don't I don't trust Mac Jones at all. I think he's proven since he's been uh, in the league that he hasn't like that he can't he can't do it at a consistent rate. Like he just doesn't. There's nothing that he does exceptionally well. Um, I don't expect that to randomly change. I know they brought I know Bill O'Brien's there now, so like you'd have to think that the offense is maybe going to pick it up a little bit. But it's just a really uninspiring offense in general. Like. Me personally, I, I don't I don't think Juju's really much of an upgrade over Jacoby Myers. Um, I don't like it really doesn't change much for me. They brought Devontae Parker back, he was good, but like I don't know, man. There's there's just not much here. And against against these teams in the East, like they're gonna I don't know. I I just don't think they're gonna be able to keep up with these guys. Like the defense can be good, I think. Like we, we know how Belichick can be. I think Judon's pretty underrated, honestly. Like they're they're fine, but they're just not they're just not going to win. They're they're not going to beat some of these teams. They just I don't see any path for them to do it. Where did Mac Jones go to school? He went to Alabama. Thanks. <laughs> he, he's, I don't like him at all. Like at all. Like he, yeah. he like 
I there there aren't many guys outside of like my like Eagles rivals that I like genuinely dislike, but he, he's one of them. I don't I don't like yeah. him. Well, luckily for you, get him week one. So yeah, I know. So that's either that'll either be the best day of my life or the worst. Jonathan Jones had four picks last year. He's also in their secondary. Um, yeah, Jack is jo- that- and and Jack Jones is the guy that did have the gun. So okay, yeah, there we go. All right, we're leaving. We're uh, we're moving on to our final team before we'll get into our playoff uh, predictions. New York Jets start off seven and three last year. They end up losing their last seven games, seven ten record. Um, obviously, they made probably the biggest move of the offseason, bringing in Aaron Rodgers from uh, Green Bay, uh, Jack, Shreff, and then me. Ten and seven. Ten and seven. Mitchell's low on him. I know that. I have him at nine and eight. Oh, okay. Uh, Jack, go ahead. Uh, I was in agreement with Mitchell, like, down on the Jets, think they're getting too much hype. And I'm still in that camp. Um but I'm coming around a little bit on them. I uh and I don't think it's just hard knocks hype. However, I did just watch the first two episodes. Um I mean like it's a reason against it, which I said it this is now my third team of saying it for. They're kind of a cursed franchise. <laughs> they've never had a good quarterback um, but you can argue that Rodgers is different he's I think the second most talented quarterback I've ever seen uh, and quarterbacks of his level like Manning and Brady both had success late at the very end of their career going to a different team so, you can make that argument there. Uh, Roster-wise, the defense is very good, and Sala is very good uh, as a head coach and a defensive mind. So, I'm not worried about, and no one, I can't imagine, is worried about this defense. It's just stacked across the board. The, the front seven uh, is getting a lot of hype, um, which I agree with. I like the players they have. Quinn Williams is fantastic. I think he's the best guy they got up front, but... Uh, their front seven is like I feel I, I saw a, maybe a an article of like ranking them of oh, definitely the best front seven in football and I, I feel like it's a little bit of a uh prospect run seven. Like we haven't seen it, like it's I don't trust it yet, but I still do really like it. And I think they will be good. Um sauce is amazing too. Offense uh, the O line's a concern of mine, and uh, I think that's as shown in. I had this take previous to Hard Knocks episode two, but it was shown in that episode that uh, I think that's the weak point of their team, and Sal knows it. Um, that's a concern, and everyone loves the weapons. They did just bring in Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. It's a really, really good uh, duo in, in the backfield. And Garrett Wilson is very good, but I none of these guys scream good wide receiver two to me. Like they have a lot of wide receiver threes in my opinion. 
which maybe that can make up for a a, a two, a lack of a two. But uh, I, I feel like these this wide receiver group is getting a little overhyped, in my opinion. Like Corey Davis is a starting wide receiver on this hyped weapons group. I don't I don't love that. I think I don't love Lazard either. So Hardman didn't impress me that much in Kansas City. Cobb is old. Actually, Randall Cobb isn't as old as you think. He just turned 30. No, he turns 34 on Tuesday. All right, he's old. Anyway, you guys can can go. I think I've touched on like all the parts of their team. You know, that was good. Uh, yeah, 10 and 7. I've, I'm... I know I, I bought into the Broncos hype last year and I, I got burned on that one, but the big difference with this with this Jets team is that there is like that consistent presence in Robert Sala that like it's not like Rogers was coming in and like obviously I'm sure like the locker room and everything is like changed because of him a little bit, but like a culture has been established there already. And I think that's I think that's a more promising sign for, you know, this sort of big change with Rogers coming in. And I do agree with Jack that these these all time great quarterbacks um, are able to kind of get the best out of new situations, and they've continued to prove that. So I there's no worry about Rodgers for me. Um, I love Garrett Wilson. I think he's going to blossom this year. Um, and yeah, I, I do agree, Jack. That I think out like besides him, Lazard doesn't quite do it for me. I think he's solid, but like you said, maybe not like the ultimate number two uh, option. But I, I think Garrett Wilson's going to dominate to the point that it's not going to like matter too too much that they don't have like that go-to guy for number two um i'm hoping that they find a good way to balance cook and Brees hall i mean i know for fantasy owners that's going to be a real shame to watch but from a team perspective that's like if you find the right balance of that it's going to be pretty lethal um and then yeah the defense is going to be a top unit i think um keenan williams is just about as, as good as it gets in terms of a of an interior guy um, like you said, Jack, definitely prospect-driven uh, defensive line, but very excited to see what Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson in his second year can do as well. And then, I mean, when you have Sauce Gardner as your number one, like that, that's always going to help things. Like he is, he's as good as it gets. I know we said Pat Sertain. I think after this year, Sauce might might have that argument. We'll have to see how it looks, but. Yeah, I mean, this is an on-paper thing. The O-line is definitely worrisome. I've been seeing that uh, it seems like Jets, like writers and pretty much fans and everyone, have been like screaming for them to put Mackay Becton at right tackle. Um, and I think as of now, they still have only been giving him like backup left tackle reps. Um, but apparently he started to look a little better. I know he's been a whirlwind of, a, of issues kind of year in, year out here. But if they could get some form of consistent play out of him, that could be a huge change in that offensive line but i'm just i'm just i'm really excited to watch this team i think it's going to be fun so first of all it always i think it's funny when shreff says uh queen and williams instead of quinn and williams that was their intent or quinn it's quinn and williams i've always thought it was keenan do we do we we have this conversation already yeah because for Jeopardy, I mean, he was one of the answers, and you you answer, you said Queen and Keenan Williams, and we didn't accept it because we thought you said a different name. Do you remember that? I do remember that now. I gotta, I'll get better at it. It's Quinnen. I might just keep saying it now, though, for the joke of it. All right, are you guys ready for me to crap all over the Jets? I figured it was coming. Let's hear it. 
All right. So I did something. I said something in defense of Aaron Rodgers and uh, how I liked his answers to Sean Payton's unprofessional comments about Hackett. But now, now I'm going to criticize Aaron Rodgers. Okay, number one. His on-field play, right? Last year was not good. I think we're seeing the beginning of the decline. He had the lowest passer rating of his years as a starter. Lowest QBR as years, uh, lowest QBR of his years as a starter. Second lowest yards per attempt as his years as a starter. The most interceptions he's thrown since his first year starting. Interception rate second highest of his career. Third, sorry. Um, he's just dipping in all numbers. I know you can say that no Devontae Adams, whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, the, the weaponry isn't as good as it's made out to be, as Jack said. I kind of agree with that point. Number two. What happens when the beginning part of their schedule, when they play the Bills? Do you know how hard their beginning part of their schedule is? Well, I, but th- that's something I, I would say, though, is that like I, I, 10 and 7 for me, the way I th- was kind of thinking about it, is I, I could certainly see them getting off to a shaky start. And then as Rodgers kind of gets more settled in, I think maybe they start to find their form. It is rough. Yeah, it's a they tough have, schedule. It's a really hard Bills schedule. at home. Do you see won. the Patriots schedule? Yeah, but I, I think the, the Jets are the toughest first six games of anyone. They have Bills at home, Cowboys on the road, then they get New England, then they get Kansas City at home, at Denver, home against Philadelphia. Tough. Very tough. So I, I honestly, I think I have them one and five to start. So I think at that point, you know, right now it's all fine and dandy. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, vibing with the young guys and he's getting a positive light on hard knocks. But when it comes down to it, when this 23rd PFF ranked offensive line can't block for him and he gets sacked or McCole Hardman runs the wrong route and he gets pissed at him, what happens then? You know, it's all roses right now, but it's I could see this going south quickly, you know. I think people are forgetting how much of a head case Aaron Rodgers can be sometimes. So I, they're like, Oh, they went seven and 10 with Zach Wilson last year and Joe Flacco, but now they get Aaron Rodgers. But like, I don't think it's going to be as prolific as people make it seem. I think the decline is coming and I don't know. I just, I just don't see this ending. Well, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Nine, eight's not good enough in my mind to make it. So there you have it. I'm not on the Jets train, and you can put that on record. It is noted. All right. The time has come. We will review, reveal our uh, playoff seedings, and we'll do the AFC playoffs, and we'll reveal our AFC champion, and then next, uh, next week we'll do the NFC, and we'll, um, we'll see who we have in the Super Bowl. So let's start with Jack. Read off uh, your one through seven seeds in the AFC, and then we'll do Streff, and then we'll do me. One Chiefs, two Bills, three Bengals, four Jaguars, five Ravens, six Steelers, seven Jets. Okay. Uh, we are almost the exact same. Uh, one Chiefs, two Bills, three Jags, 
four Ravens, five Bengals, six Steelers, seven Jets. I have the Chiefs at one, the Bills at two, the Steelers at three, the Jaguars at four, the Bengals at five, the Dolphins at six, and the Ravens at seven. So I think we had all the same teams in the playoffs, except you guys both had Jets and I had the Dolphins. Yep. Okay, so Jack, your two versus seven would be who? Uh, Jets at Bills. Took the Bills. Yeah, same here. Okay. My two seven was uh, Bills Ravens, and I have the Bills. Three six for Jack. Who is that? Uh, Steelers at Bengals. I took the Steelers. Uh, I have Steelers at Jags, and I took the Jags. Oh man, I took the Jags. Yeah, Jack. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> I would. What a battle! That is. I did take yeah. the Jags though. Uh, my three six was Steelers versus Dolphins, and I have the Steelers beating the Dolphins. Uh, four or five for you guys. Um. Ravens at Jags, Ravens. I got Bengals at Ravens, and I also got the Ravens. It's so fun to hear these like hypothetical playoff matchups. I don't know. I'm just like getting into like. I know, giddy. isn't it exciting? It's actually happening. Imagine the have... Steelers playoff game, Jack. <laughs> no, I, 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 that never even crossed my mind. But, like it, it's like not that crazy. It's so it can possible. Happen. It's so yeah. possible. <laughs> I have a Jags, uh, Bengals in the four or five. And I have the Bengals being the Jags. All right. So that would put for you guys. You guys are going to have to help me out here in terms of the reseeding. I can't remember. I have, mine. I have mine ready. Just I give have... your address the way, Shreff, real quick. Yeah. So right now I have my games would be Chiefs or Ravens at Chiefs and then Jags at Bills. You want my answers to those? Should I just give them? Yeah. Just go, just go away to your AC champion. Yeah. That's actually probably easier. So um, for this, I am going to have the Chiefs beating the Ravens, although I really wanted to pick the Ravens, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. And then I'm going to have the Bills beat the Jags. I think we finally get the – I think we get that Bills-Chiefs conference championship matchup. And I think the Bills are circling the wagons this year. I'm I'm taking Buffalo. I think they get over that hump. I think think they slay that demon. The Chiefs are almost unstoppable at this point, but I have to trust that the NFL is going to continue to be – good in terms of parity now that the Patriots don't run it like they used to. I'm going to I'm going to believe in that this year. We did get that in the AFC Championship in 2020. Um, I won it again. So, yeah, that'll be the second time they face off in the AFC Championship. They also obviously had that classic divisional round game in 2021 that went mm-hmm. to overtime. Uh, but Jack, yeah, read yours the rest of the way. Uh, Steelers at Chiefs. Chiefs. Ravens at Bills, Bills, and then mm-hmm. Bills at Chiefs. I also took the Bills. Oh, man, this is bad. The Bills aren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys have the same conference championship and the same uh, Super Bowl representative from the AFC. I have uh, Bengals, Chiefs, and I have Steelers, Bills. I have the Bengals being the Chiefs. Whoa. I have the Bills being the Steelers, 
So I have Bengals Bills AFC Championship game, and I have the Bengals making the Ooh, Super Bowl. Okay. I'm okay with that. I don't mind that. So there you have it, folks. Uh, we have two Bills, and we have one Bengals. No Chiefs again. <laughs> no Chiefs. We might look yeah. back on this and feel really stupid again. We'll say. We could. You know, could the answer could be right in front of us and say, oh, the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah of course. Duh. But we will see. Uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. I, uh, I also felt that similar uh, butterflies and excitement in my stomach, too, Jack, when we're talking about these hypothetical playoff matchups. They seem like they're happening next week, but, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's the point. We got we to gotta go through all the beauty of the regular season. And uh, then we'll get here eventually. So we got to soak it in and enjoy it as it happens at the same time. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. hope you learned something. Uh, Stay tuned for, we have a possible, I don't want to, I'm not going to say it because it's not guaranteed to happen yet. So I'm going to hold my tongue on that. But what is guaranteed to happen, we will be doing the NFC next week. So stay tuned for that. Here are thoughts on all the other teams and who we have in the Super Bowl facing the Bills slash Bengals. And we'll give award predictions, and soon enough, we'll have our week one episode in, uh, in two weeks. So, Can't wait. exciting time of year. Um, anything else to say before we sign off? No. I'm just pumped. I'm good. Uh, it's starting back up. I have, I have my first like, big fantasy drafts coming up this week. It's all, it's all kicking into high gear right now. It, it's, it's, a, it's a good time. I know. I have a draft on the 24th, the 31st, the 3rd, and I missed one. I don't know. I have them all over the place. And the 5th, I think. So, yeah, over the next two weeks, there's going to be a lot of fantasy drafts. So, enjoy those folks and stack those lineups. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time with another episode. See you. Peace.